the blast from our past network. Hey, it's Caleb Emery, and you're listening to Podcasting After Dark with Zach and Corey. Lock your doors, close your windows, turn out your lights, for chills and thrills await you. It's time for Podcasting After Dark with your hosts, Corey Stevenson and Zach Schaefer. Stay with a friend, say your prayers as grisly ghouls close in to seal your doom. Tonight's episode, DEFCON 4, starring Tim Choate, Lenore Zahn, and Maury Chaikin. Welcome to another post-apocalyptic episode of Podcasting After Dark. I'm Corey. And I'm Zach, and I'm going to be talking with my teeth the entire episode. Just like this. <laughs> Are you Just referring like to this. Hal, the uh, Commander Hal? His his sister. Yes, his sister. <laughs> oh, my God. Guys and gals, we are going to talk about oh, that man. one. Um, <laughs> we are talking about 1985's DEFCON 4. Bum, Come on, bum, DEFCON bum, 4. Now, Zach, uh, would, you, would you tell me what the most dangerous DEFCON actually is? Well, um, I would have to say, based on the title... I would think DEFCON 4 would be the worst. <laughs> and you would be wrong, just of course, like the, the I'm filmmakers. Not <laughs> so, I'm not surprised. DEFCONs actually go down, so 1 is actually the worst. They start at 5, so 4 is actually you're kind of just, eh, we're kind of prepared, but we're not. things aren't getting serious. So, uh, okay. yeah, that's, uh, that's the, right out of the gate. Let's just get that out of the way. So if DEFCON 4 is not as bad as DEFCON 1, then would DEFCON 4... So DEFCON 4 would be um, Andrew Stevens' lookalike body double as the evil villain. Uh, DEFCON 1, would that be Christopher Walken's body double <laughs> evil villain? Probably, yes. yes. I'm, I'm going to go with that because... Oh. DEFCON 4's evil villain was definitely a stand-in for Andrew Stevens. And if no one knows who Andrew Stevens is, look him up. Bedroom eyes. Bedroom eyes. Well, well, yes. Uh, I can see the resemblance, uh, as you say. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll get to Gideon. We'll, we'll get to, we're going to get to everybody because oh, there's a lot to, get to talk Gideon. about. Get it? <laughs> but real quick, the next thing I want to get out, just right out of the gate, right at the top of this episode. So the movie spells it DEF hyphen, nope, yeah, DEF hyphen CON4. But but IMDB and then kind of like everything online because of IMDB spells it DEFCON like one word, then hyphen four. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with... Um... D-E-F-C-O-N, if everybody does it. I'm just well, going to jump on that bandwagon. I mean, I figured, like, like you know, <laughs> IMDB is should be the the end-all, be-all, right? Like, well, I, I, and don't they go by based on, like, probably what, like, what title is actually submitted to, like, the MPAA and all that kind of stuff? Yes, and, you know, uh, in full disclosure, I watched this with Diallo, and Diallo being a... You know, writing and grammar is his thing. Uh, I, I would assume he would back me up on this or not. We'll find out. Um, I would assume that DEFCON makes more sense because if there's a hyphen, then it's DEFCON for. Right. Right. right yeah. Mm-hmm. And throughout the movie, they call it DEFCON. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think that 
for me, the proper way would be, yeah, one word and then the four, or even, yeah. you know, the hyphen or the four. But I'm gonna go with the, that. Uh, the movie title, you know, the, the movie on the cover of the Scorpion releasing is uh, <laughs> Def hyphen con four. So, anyways, I thought that was a, a fun, just sort of yeah, rabbit hole, wormhole to sort of go down. Like, why is this happening? <laughs> but oh, uh, uh, as per usual, this is my pick. Um, and uh, I should say, as per usual, Zach, you tell me what your experience with this movie is before I do, because I'm the one that picked it. So as per usual, I'll say for the third time, what is your experience with uh, DEFCON 4? My experience, I, okay, I've never seen this movie. Okay. Um, I, I might have seen bits and pieces of it on TV and <laughs> turned the channel, um, quite possibly. But uh, I rem- remember the box vividly at the stores and always wanting to rent it and then looking at the cast and not recognizing pretty much anybody on it and going, nah, okay, I'll, I'll go with American Ninja instead. So, um, yeah, that's my, that's my connection to it. It's, it's, it's like the movie. It's short and sweet. <laughs> yes, or is yes, it, it is. or is it like the movie? It drags on in places. <laughs> 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 we shall see. It's going to be the, it's going to be the former. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what's your, what's your connection to it though, dude? Yeah. Um, like everyone else who's come across this cover slash poster, I was immediately enamored with it. You know, it was, I think it's amazing. I still, oh, it's beautiful. It's, yeah, it's so cool. I, I still truly believe it is one of my favorite movie posters of all time. I can see why you definitely would say that. It's really cool looking. It's striking. Uh, it would make a, it make a great album cover. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it would. <laughs> You know, like a concept album. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really badass looking for it's, sure. It's just a shame that nothing on that in that poster, no element, not a single element in that poster makes it into the movie. Yeah, I will sand. <laughs> yeah, there's some sand. There's definitely some sand there. <laughs> they got that right. They got the sand part right. Uh, and I'm it's not funny be- lie. because even in uh, I don't know if you looked in IMDb the you know the did you know the the trivia stuff. There's literally yeah. like five entries. There's there's nothing there. And the only other entry that is there is someone like talking about how misleading the poster is. <laughs> yeah, uh, we could do a whole episode. Uh, I actually uh, Dustin did a whole went down a whole rabbit hole of misleading posters uh, for a minute on $2 late fee. And, uh, and he, and, and I think like gotcha was number one, mm. but just like odd taglines, you know? Yeah. Uh, or, you know, and this one definitely based on images would, would win some serious, uh, you know, points for being super misleading. I'm curious if, like, the art was created before the movie, like one of those scenarios where they sold the movie based on the poster art, or, truthfully, like, it was just, like, a piece of sci-fi art that somebody made, and they just, you know, purchased it, purchased the rights to it, you know? I think, you know, I think that, um, and in in full disclosure, I'm actually looking at the poster right now, so they got the missiles right. Right, um, it has missiles. Yeah, and, and, and the cool-looking um, Psycho Billy uh, skull face in the spacesuit 
they got that wrong. Um, <laughs> and, and so I, and I will say, you know, Charles Band, who at some point I hope we get him on our show to interview because he's such a character to talk to. But he would literally go into the offices of a of like Blockbuster Video who would produce films for him at, at a time. And they gave him a ton of cash just based on a cool poster. So uh, why did that sound like poster? I don't know. Poster. But poster. <laughs> Hello. Um, but yeah, so I, I I think that could be the case. They brought in this kick-ass poster and they're like, look, this is what we're going with. This is going to be good. Don't worry. It's not going to suck. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> and we'll find out. And, you know, so we're going to be reviewing the Scorpion releasing Blu-ray. They did some pretty sweet, like, new artwork for it. But sadly, yeah. it pales in comparison. And the, yeah. the funny thing is whenever, like, like these shot factories and these arrows and everything, they put out, uh, you know, the, the special edition discs, and, you know, Kino, they always get this great new artwork done, and, and this is no different. But yeah. usually they're trying to do something better than the original poster. And here, unfortunately, nothing can top the original poster. But it is still a pretty sweet-looking image, the, the new one that they had commissioned for it. Yeah, and I applaud Scorpion for, for putting out I wouldn't call this an obscure title because I think a lot of people actually know about this movie, but it would it definitely is is a title that I don't think it was like, you know, at the top of people's lists. And it's cool that they put it out. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if like a lot of people that actually know this movie haven't seen it. And I think it's probably yes. because of just seeing that cover, that that poster art, that cover art in the store. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. It is a bit like like really obscure, but I'm happy that they did it because, yeah, uh, I don't even think I talked about my experience with it. I think I just talked about the poster. No, we um, didn't even get to, we didn't get to your experience. Weird. Please. OK, sorry, guys. Um, So, uh, yeah, I, I, I love the poster. Rented it a few times as a kid. Always, you know, kind of liked it. But it was kind of one of those movies where I was like, I'll rent it if I got nothing else to sort of rent. Or like if, you know, dad's kind of like hurrying you along, like, please just grab something. I'm like, okay, I'll grab this one. But I didn't truly watch it that much. But I did enjoy it when I was a kid I did like because I liked post-apocalyptic movies like I watched this I watched all like the exterminators uh the eliminators whichever one had the guy with the the lower half was a tread you know the tank treads yep the eliminators the eliminators there you go um so like yeah and yeah I know you said it holds up I actually want to give that one a a rewatch uh soon um but this was kind of like I feel like this was in just that stack with all of those post-apocalyptic movies. And this one was a little bit different. It didn't, it isn't trying to do the Mad Max thing, you know, it's trying to do something a little bit different. Um, but it still just falls into that sweet mid eighties post-apocalyptic vibe. And, and one that you and I have talked about before where, where like the movie posters for those films were just fan fucking tastic back in the day. Yeah, they are for sure. I mean, um, that, that's what got people, you had to, you had to pull it off the shelf. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it had to have something that drew you into it. One of my favorite poster or video cases back in the day was a movie called black roses, which is not a very good horror film at, at all. I, I can see but, the cover. Wasn't it like beveled embossed? It like kind of stuck out. Yep. Yep. And it had like a cool scully kind of monster hand mm-hmm. holding a, 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 like a sore or guitar with roses around her or something like that. Anyways, uh, I think, 
best of my knowledge, the movie kind of sucks, but the but the, uh, the 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 art is rad, and I feel like if Scorpion or Vinegar Syndrome or one of these Ronin film uh, Ronin DVD or Ronin Blue did a re-release, uh, they'd have to do that, you know, three-dimensional cover art. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's that's side note. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, these guys are putting out some good stuff. And uh, yeah. Scorpion, you know, real quick, let me just, you know, they're not paying us. I just want to say that uh, I thought the the transfer quality, the picture quality was fantastic. And holy shit, it, what it lacks in special features, it makes up for with having subtitles. Yay for <laughs> subtitles. Sorry, guys, we're old and we actually like to read things. Um, if you said to me before we started doing podcasting after dark that I would care about subtitles in my future because I never did, I would be like, fuck you. Now they are the best feature you can possibly include on your disc. Yeah. Right. (laughs) I mean, look, look, we, we love to be able to read, especially when we're breaking down a movie, but I'll say in this day and age, I I don't like blasting a a movie out because I don't like blasting my speakers out. That's how I roll. And yeah. so, uh, you know, I like to watch something with subtitles. Yeah, yeah. Especially because well, people mumble all the time. Yeah, of course. And, you know, you don't want to wake up your son, too. And, you know, nope. and the whole household. When, when, like, you know, you have the volume up just for the dialogue, and then an explosion happens, and your freaking, uh, you know, your speakers crackle because they get blown out. No one wants their speakers crackle down. Come on now. Come on, crackle. Oh, man. All right, buddy. You want to start digging into the, the cast and crew of this, of this illustrious film? Yeah, this is going to take about 30 seconds. I'm just, yes, it just will. kidding. And, no, and no, full, you're not wrong. There's full disclosure, <laughs> full disclosure. I may rip this movie up and down, but it's in 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 the most sincerest fondness of ways. I actually have a lot of fun things I want to say about it. But a lot of like comments are like, "Woo hoo hoo." Anyways, um yeah, so according to AMD AMDB AMC Theaters AMC RIP potentially. Um According to IMDb, there and again they go for some reason they go with maybe the more uh, well known as the top build, but um, I'm not gonna I'm gonna try not to do that. I'm gonna go with like the the main stars in the movie. Um, I'm gonna throw maybe Corey for a curveball here because I'm just gonna go a little bit out of order. Sure, that's okay. That's fine. I'm gonna start with uh, the lead, who's his name is How. Yep. Uh, he's played by Tim Choate. Choked. I like saying that name, Chote. Uh, it's pretty close to the name Chode, but uh, he's definitely <laughs> not a Chode. He uh, has done not done a whole lot. If you go on his little bio, some of his more standout roles was he was on uh, Babylon 5, which is really popular, I'm sure, with this audience. That was a very cool Bruce Boxleitner uh, sci-fi series. Yes, uh, weirdly one that I did not actually watch. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, that's surprising. It's I liked it a lot. It was it was part of that whole uh, '90s um, syndicated phase where everything was syndicated. Yeah, you know? all these yeah. great shows were syndicated. Anyways, he's been around for a long time. Uh, he was in De Palma's Blowout. If you've never seen that, it's fantastic. I highly recommend it. His bit part in that, uh, and Times Square, which is a really cool uh, kind of throwback, the nostalgia days of New York. Nice. Um, and then. His cohort in the space shuttle is Walker, uh, played by John Walsh. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, and real, Why do real I quick. smell like Tom Brokaw right now? 
real quick, most everyone except for like one or two people, they're like either they don't have pictures or you go right to them and it's like it's DEFCON 4 is their main thing that kind of shows up, you know? Yeah, which is kind of funny if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you go into his IMDb, he does, he's not been in a whole lot. But I will say he was in a movie. He produced a movie called Self-Defense, which looks right up our alley. It's very exploitative. Uh, and I just love the tagline for the for that poster: "Fight crime, shoot back. Your last defense is self-defense." So that that's gonna definitely wind up in some sort of viewing realm for yeah, us. I think at some point, even if we don't do it on the show. I, I, I um, love the uh, I love the poster, but I I was gonna say he reminded me of a poor man's Tim Thomerson. That I, was you took that. the words right out of my rectum. Uh, rectum, I, damn near I, killed him. <laughs> I said that to Diallo. I said that's a poor man's Tim Thomerson right there, or a uh, a dirty a dirty Steve Martin. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, the other uh, astronaut in that we're introduced to initially in the movie uh, is played Jordan. It's played by Kate Lynch. Um, you know, another not a huge resume, but she was in Meatballs. Which come on, Meatballs is a fantastic movie. I love Meatballs. Yeah. If, if you don't like Meatballs, then um, you're not you're not a part of our pad family. Just, <laughs> and if you've never seen it, go wa- in my best worst slash worst James Lipton voice. Go watch it now. Um, <laughs> and then we're introduced next to Maury. Maury Chaykin, probably. He's, he's like probably the, the biggest. Well-known. He's the biggest name. I don't, well, I don't know if at the time he was the biggest name, but he's probably the, the, the biggest actor out of, out of the whole group here. Yeah, I, he's he's literally uh, been in you know over a hundred movies i think 173 according to imdb the guy has been in everything dances with wolves my cousin Vinny, war games big roles little roles everything in between he's he's a really great actor guys and he does a really great job in this movie they actually a lot of them do He's better than he has no right to be in this movie. Um, and every time that I see him in any movie, I always like him. I'm always like, ah, yeah, that guy. I like that guy. Yeah, you know? he plays a little bit of everything. He's played a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's, yeah, he's, I mean, he definitely raises this film's bar substantially by his presence in my opinion and so so while we're talking about the actors i actually very much enjoyed everyone and i when specifically how i actually really liked the guy who yeah, played how and me i'm too. i do wonder Jared. if uh ch- choked uh i do wonder if like maybe like like working off of 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 maury uh Chaykin, um by the way r.i.p passed away in 2010 i didn't realize that um uh, maybe like working off of Maury Chaykin made him better because you hear about that all the time in, in movies, how like an actor will make another actor better, but just be, like elevates the other one. Case in point, Caleb Emery's interview where he talked about the, um, you know, in summer of 84, uh, the influence that his co-star, the villain in the film had in, uh, had on him. Yeah. And uh, great interview, by the way, by Corey and myself. And if you haven't checked it out, uh, please do. It's, yeah, it's, it's on the free feed, so you guys can uh, listen to that one for free. Yeah. Yeah. And if you've already listened to it, I'm sure you've thoroughly enjoyed it because it's, like I said, it's really good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, dude, I think, I think that that happens. Look, it's, it's like having an acting coach with you, like saying, yeah. oh, why don't you try this? Or why don't you, try? who knows? Who knows what went on behind, behind the scenes? Uh, but you could see it in certain when whenever he shared the screen with certain actors in the movie, it definitely elevated their performance uh, because if 
in other scenes that he did not appear in with those actors, their performance was not as strong. Exactly. I dude, that is I thought that was pretty freaking awesome. And I mean, yeah, yeah, like I said, he right out of the gate he's he's great in this movie and he has no business being in this movie at all. No, I agree. Um I'm just going to round out the last two. Mm-hmm. Uh going to go with JJ. She's played by Lenore Zahn. And I got to say where I know her from. Well, of course, you and our good friend Fern know and probably Diallo too. Know her for, as Rogue on X Men. Yep, yep. The uh, <laughs> the, the X Men '90s cartoon, and uh, it's funny because you know she doesn't have like a Southern accent in here, but if you look at her bio, she's from Australia. So yep. uh, yeah, so her na- natural a- accent is Australian. So um, I couldn't even like I couldn't hear any Rogue in her voice at all. You know, like I even I even I checked it once and I checked it again like the next day because I was like, was I right about that? Did she do Rogue? Because I you don't hear it at all. But that's a testimony to how good of an actress she is, and she's got a yeah. shit ton of voice acting credits yeah ton of voice acting stuff um i i I really personally love happy birthday to me and visiting hours those are two like early slasher horror films Mm -hmm. um definitely worth checking out by the way mill creek did a a slip vhs slip cover of happy birthday to me and when people were running contests because they could afford to before covid uh i (laughs) won some sort of contest and got the slip cover of that the blu-ray uh, so at some point, maybe we'll watch that one. Hey, I'm uh, always down for that. Yeah, probably. You know, and then about 10 years from now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll see, f- the same time we, uh, well, what was the movie I was talking about today? Oh, Wildcats. Wildcats, <laughs> Wildcats with Goldie Hawn. I was our, like, I love that movie when I was a kid, and it's kind of like a cult comedy. I was like, eh, maybe we'll get to it on like year six or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, for those that don't know, um, this actor named Nick Corey, who you know him from Nightmare on Elm Street and Gotcha, uh, he ended up changing his name to to uh, Jesu Garcia, and he apparently there's like a documentary where he he became like a spiritual warrior. Oh, uh, it's I, I kind of want to dig deeper into his backstory because it's fascinating to cool. me. I'm intrigued, especially because I'm watching The Vow right now on HBO, and that is twisted as fuck. And so I'm always curious about people who go through these spiritual journeys if they're good or not or bad. Um, anyways, he was in Wildcats sparked Corey's memories and uh, bada bing bada boom Um, and rounding out the cast Gideon I said earlier he reminded me of uh, Andrew Stevens stunt double uh, but yeah a little bit younger he was in the Iron Eagle and uh, yeah. Night School, another slasher flick, and The Fall Guy at one point. Uh, not not a big not a big resume as well, but um, shit, he's in Iron Eagle, which is one of my favorite. You know, me and Johnny. Yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, one of Johnny's favorites too from uh, Cobra Kai. No, no, um, no surprise there. Come on. Well, it, it's a shame too because he has the looks, and you know, he's got the looks, you know, but um. He he looks good, and uh, you know he does a fine job as like villain. as a B. I feel like I feel like he could have done well as like a B movie guy. You know, I agree. I I actually um, thought he did a really good job, and you know, all things considered, I ca- I call this movie before we get into it. I say that this movie is like the third season of Walking Dead, where it's it's it just like. It just feels like Walking Dead was heavily influenced by this movie. Oh, uh, Kirk, okay. You know, Kirkman. I could see that. I could totally, you know, just like, yeah. the, the, you know, taking over the world and uh, 
just the the interactions people have with each other feels very Walking Dead-ish. Yeah, because like the the villains in the movie are just other people that are trying to deal with the society that they now have. Yes, there's no real mutated people. I mean, we're kind of we're hinted into it a little bit with the terminals. Not, yeah, but but yeah, and look, there was a time when I loved Walking Dead. Um, I haven't watched it in, in, in quite some time. And yeah. so I'm not bashing it at all. I'm just saying it, it felt like walking dead to me like this. It just, even down to the set, I was like, this is like, this is terminus, the, the city yeah. that they go to or whatever. Yeah. Totally like that. Anyways, that was my little cheap plug of walking dead season three. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dude. I'm with you, man. I haven't seen walking dead since like th- seasons three or four or something. I read the comic up until I think issue like 100 or something. And then when spoiler alert, Glenn dies, I was like, what's the point of this? I'm not, n- there's no good outcome here. And like, I read, I read stories and I watch movies to get like, like to, to get a story, to get like a, a morality tale or something. But this it's like ongoing. There's no, there's no good ending here. You know, there, there's nothing to take away other than the zombie apocalypse is fucking over. And you know what? I'm not a fan of things going on so long that you've you start realizing you can't end it. Exactly. I think they should have ended it, in my opinion. Um, They could have ended it, in my opinion. There there are emotions came out of me in that show that that uh, shows rarely at that time were able to elicit. Like I I was crying, you know, when uh, when uh, certain characters died and shocked and like just making noises that I, I don't normally make when I watch TV. Um, so yeah, it, it, it moved me viscerally. Uh, it's too bad that it kind of stopped moving me and uh, they needed to end it a long time ago. I, I right. get it. So it's, it's cash cow. I, I get, I get the whole thing. You don't have to explain it to me why, but come on, like it's, you know, and then there's some shows that, end and you're like wait what, what one more one more one right more, like please. like watchmen season one i mean i know it was yeah. it was pretty self-contained and you know but they did leave it open for more seasons and i was like hey give me more and they're like no I'm like okay all right good times guys thank you yeah or uh, <laughs> or glow and then yeah go, well yeah they just can't announce a canceling glow yeah that sucks well anyways anyways um, the the director so oh, yeah. my my yeah. question is so it's it, we have three directors credited although one of them is the guy who directed the the TV segments I guess which were different you know like the TV <laughs> yeah. station segments but yeah. we have Tony Randall is uncredited and then Paul Donovan is the writer slash producer who's also who's credited as the director. But there's not much information on this movie. There's not much trivia on here. There's not much on the disc. Um, but Tony Randall is the guy that directed Hellraiser Two, Hellbound, and I'm wondering if he just took his name off of this and Paul, or did he like leave halfway through? I don't know. I, I actually don't know. I don't know either. I, I'm assuming. I, I'm I'm gonna say that maybe he just. Maybe he was like the assistant director or something like that. Um, and, and I, you know, Paul Donovan is also the writer and there's only one writer. So maybe he did the bulk of it. Uh, yeah, maybe he took maybe Paul Donovan took over for, for Tony Randall. Right. Which is um, the, which is funny because this is two movies back to back that we see a director something with the director because remember Savage Streets lost its director pretty early on in filming. It, yeah, yeah. So that that could be the case. Um, I think it's worth noting the composer for this film because at times you go, wow, this the the, the soundtrack when it was played because <laughs> there were definitely moments when it wasn't and that was noticeable. Um, he, it's Chris Young 
And if you look up Chris Young's resume, he's done everything from Drag Me to Hell, which is a fantastic mm-hmm. Sam Raimi movie. Yep. Uh, Swordfish, decent thriller action thing. Entrapment, another decent thriller. Sinister, Homecoming. Um, he, you know, he has he's, credits in that. He's so. working. He's doing his things. Yep. So he he's he's kind of a big deal. K O B D. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, Defcon Four. Defcon Four. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it has some bright shiny spots in its like behind the scenes and, and also in front of the camera too um and then it also has some bright shiny spots that that actually you know uh, in the final product and then some not so bright shiny spots and we'll we'll talk about all of it as we dig into it but uh you want to as you say do this thing zach yeah before we do this thing um i just also want to point out that this is a canadian film yeah so um you know hats off to the canucks for making good uh, canadian movies and yeah. not so good canadian movies <laughs> at least high concept uh canadian movies uh really how a uh, peanut butter solution pin <laughs> two movies that i've referenced in the past week or so um yeah and now defcon 4 so there you go it's quite the tapestry canada has made for us oh canada oh canada blame so, canada <laughs> so yeah so uh yeah let's let's do the thing The Nemesis, a nuclear weapon space platform designed to protect America. Roger, on my way. It is 22,000 miles over the Earth when World War III explodes. Can't walk. I don't believe it. FCON 2. Solid object alert. All right, look, it's happening, right? It's Jordan, it's happening. All right, then launch, Walker. You're all getting blown away. Launch, we get War One. Walker, fight! Do it. The Star Wars technology of the future becomes the reality of today. Defense Condition Four. For three astronauts, the mission that began in space will have its ultimate destiny on Earth. What they will find is unthinkable. Hey! They got hold of my hand! Hey, Walker! What finds them is far worse. DEFCON 4. The final defense. Dude, you know, I love that New World Picture logo, baby. Right away, I was like, oh, yeah, give it to me. Give me the good shit. That that was that was the highlight of this film, and that's not taking away. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and again, I'm not shitting on this movie. It sounds like I am, but I'm not. I'm just going to be – I'm having a good time. Um, it, it, that, def, that New World image drops, and you're just like, oh, give me whatever you got exactly dude i mean i just except oh, man we, we've talked about it before <laughs> we love the canon logo we just love these classic logos man they just give us the feels it's not the same you know you think about like logos now like um i don't know michael bay's or jerry bruckheimer's lightning with the car that whatever that is you know or um chris columbus i don't know who has like a guy shooting an arrow 
Uh, maybe it's Ridley Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah. The arrow that goes through the hatchets. I hate that logo. I think it's, like, I don't like the CGI in it, you know? It's, so it's like, stupid, too convoluted. Just, Not into just give it. Me a, just give me the logo. But then, on the flip side, remember when we saw Dread 3D in the theater, and, like, that one logo wasn't even centered? It was, like, yes. the worst logo you've ever seen. Guys, go watch Dread. There's, like, one of the, the companies at the beginning of the movie has the worst logo I've ever seen. They couldn't even, like, center it in the middle of the frame. Yeah, dude. You know it's sloppy. It just it, it it's there. I think there was a, there's a company that did a whole compilation, or maybe it's on YouTube, of all the '80s uh, logos. Actually, it was an Instagram guy for a minute, and then he tapped out. I forget what his name is, um, but he was putting together every single logo for every movie. It was so badass. That's awesome. And, and he was finding ones that I'd never seen before, and I was like, what? Because I I I trip off this shit. So uh, yeah, seeing that new world, baby. It's good stuff. It's good fucking shit, man. Uh, we get a little title card. It is the day after tomorrow. The ultimate nuclear defense system has been perfected. Security has been achieved. Global conflict is now unthinkable. And then we actually get a pretty fucking sweet DEFCON 4 title card coming in. That's cool. Much better than Split Second, baby. Uh, yeah, th- this was cool. <laughs> the con- high concept. High concept. I dig it. Really badass. Yeah, and very the cool. Movie starts very cool, and then the movie starts, <laughs> and it uh, starts with Nemesis Mission Day Four O Seven. We see it's it's the funny thing is this the satellite slash space station that they're in. It's it's I think it's cool because they actually didn't try to make it like overly uh, crazy. Uh, uh, ironic, it doesn't look anything like what's on the cover of the the movie poster. But at the same time, what's on the cover of the movie poster would be kind of ridiculous. Whereas this is kind of actually just sort of realistic. And I think they did a, they do a good job throughout the entire, like with all the space stuff. And I, and of course I'm saying that with the caveat of knowing that it's, you know, it's low budget, right? Like it's, it looks good, low budget stuff. Yeah. So two things, um, I agree with you. That's not one of them. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, but one the 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 exterior shots reminded me of Megaforce when they're and Megaforce was touting how uh, they were using this new kind of blue screen, you know, right. and it was basically like someone put a. Uh, a, a screen behind the special effects and it looks so obvious that there's a screen there it's low budge guys but it's very laughable in that way and, and and the space station moves around faster than a speeding bullet and to the point where i'm like i would be throwing up all the time but no Sec- but you wouldn't that's actually but that's actually how it does move they they, they go orbit like thousands really? of miles an hour but you won't feel it because you're in zero g i think they actually went pretty real on this and that's why it doesn't look terribly exciting you know like okay. the design of it isn't terribly exciting but i like how they kind of went with realism over exciting i should say yeah no i'm i'm totally cool with that i'm totally cool with that i i probably made the mistake of i've been watching the show away on netflix uh which is really good by the way um but and that all takes place in space for the most part mm. and 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 the special effects on that are phenomenal and so i'm like oh yeah, they, they, they really improved, and that's something they have improved upon in the past few years, technology-wise. <laughs> For sure. Um, we cut to inside. We're, st- we're basically uh, going to start seeing, like, sort of getting introduced to everybody, but while the camera's sort of moving around to see stuff, we hear, like, 
uh, voiceover type of thing. Um, we find out it's Hal's wife, but she's talking to him via recording. Um, and she doesn't know where he's been stationed because he's clearly been up there for 407 days, so over a year. Um, and, uh, you know, she's talking about how it's weird, but she feels like she, he's dead. She feels like she's kind of like getting over him and everything. And, uh, and, and I like how, like, Hal is clearly shaken by this. And right out of the gate, man, I'm going to sing the prayer praises of him the entire time he he has some bad moments he doesn't have some great ones like when he shoots the guys later on the boat you know he's a little bit over the top there but I think the guy who plays how like 90% of the time does a damn good job yeah I'd say for the most part yeah um, you know and and in his like video chat his his wife is sending them this message and it, it makes sense again watching away I'm like oh yeah because you know you'd be sending a message in space and video message that's cool um and I think that was probably a high concept thing at the time. Yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Which is, I, I dig that. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think he, even in his bio on IMDb, he says he, he considers himself to be a better stage actor than screen actor, <laughs> which is not something I would put on my, on my bio for IMDb, by the way, just, just going to put that out there folks. Like, right. You know, give yourself a little more clout and confidence. Um, <laughs> but, but he's, yeah, he's good. Like I I was saying he reminded me of, Oh shit! It'll come to me. He he kind of reminds me of the guy from Lord of the Illusions and uh, Deep Rising. Yeah, a little bit. I could see that. I was also thinking Jason Lee from Mall. <laughs> It's like, <laughs> I, a, like a cheap version of Jason Lee. I, sadly, I can see that too, dude. Honestly, he <laughs> he's, yeah, I, I liked him for some reason right out of the gate, even with his horrible thin hair. I, I liked him. I don't know why I thought he was, I just, I, 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 I liked him as an actor. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah. But, I, but the I, thing I is like, I, with him. I like all of them. I like Walker. I like Jordan. I like every single one of them. And actually I'll, I'll be upfront honest with you guys my sort of my favorite parts of this movie are the first 30 minutes in the space station with the whole build-up and everything i find all of this very uh intriguing and very interesting well uh, i but- think i think really quick too that i think the third the first 30 minutes of this movie are re- yeah i agree are really well done really and tense then I f- feel like they ran out of they ran out of ideas yeah uh after that moment once they land yeah where they're like Okay, we're so because they stretch out the scenes so long, and I'm just like, well, you did not need to stretch that scene out so long, you know. And as a kid, I I can remember that. I can remember liking the space stuff, the spaceship stuff, cool. you know, better. Yeah, it's it's cool. It's tense. You know, yep. you don't know what's gonna happen. You feel claustrophobic with them. It's 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 very well done to the point where I almost really wish the movie was just this, you know. And even with such a small space, the director, whoever it was, if it was you know the Hellraiser two guy or the other guy, he does a good job of of managing this tiny little space. Yeah, it feels like a a really cool one act stage play. Yeah, yeah, very very true, very true. Um, we see Walker is outside doing like a spacewalk. Uh, we also see Jordan; she's like checking in on you know uh, her station while the message kind of keeps playing. Um, and then we see uh, Hal's wife said she's says she's made up her mind. Uh, you know she's gonna think that Hal is dead, so she isn't disappointed when he never comes home. Um, but she hopes that he does. You know, and and you know if 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 he does, her life you know will pick up right where it left off. But she has a surprise for him <laughs> guess who's there we have how could it be who could it be we have Hal's sister pops in <laughs> uh, guys i took a video and a picture of this 
This lady, she only she's only on screen for probably 20 seconds, like saying hi to her, you know, her, her actor brother. And uh, I don't know what is going on, but she can't open her mouth because her teeth are so big and she like <laughs> has no lips. So she just smiles hey. with all teeth and talks through those teeth. I told Zach, I go, because I knew he hadn't watched it yet when I did my first viewing. I go, Zach, pay attention to Hal's sister at the beginning of the movie because we can talk for an hour straight about just her teeth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's a great cameo. Uh, I don't even know who she is. I didn't take the time to research her name. I mean, come on, really, guys? So, But, but all I know is, is if, you, uh, if, you took the, if you took your lips off, if you took your lips off, <laughs> and you talk like Jim Carrey did in uh, in Living Color, you know the burnt guy. <laughs> and she had his teeth. Yeah, that's let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> hey, hey guys, hey. I remember. I almost did a spit take when she came on the screen. I was like, "What's going on here, dude?" Me too. I'm like literally drinking my uh, like something. And I'm like taking a note, and I look up, and I'm like. No. I'm like, no, I didn't just see that. So I actually <laughs> no. rewound it. And I was like, no, this Good isn't day, happening. Why did anyone put her on screen? I mean, Good she's day. not she's not unattractive, but I say good day to you. <laughs> I've been listening to the song Radioactive by The Firm. You remember that band? Mm, maybe. Um, radioactive, radioactive. It's Paul Rogers from Bad Company. Oh, uh, like okay. It was like oh, a yeah. concert. The Firm, Radioactive. And in uh, the opening lines are, I'm not uptight, I'm not unattractive. And I'm looking at him going, she's not unattractive. <laughs> You're right, she's but not. she's got teeth for she's, days. She's got teeth for days. You know who yeah, else guys. has teeth is Hillary Swank. Hillary Swank has teeth. And uh, but she can so, act, and and she can somehow move her mouth and talk through those teeth. Yeah. This poor lady couldn't like do. I I even was like, does she have lockjaw? Does she like get tetanus <laughs> or something? Know. I don't know, guys. It's it's worth checking out the movie just for her. But mark my words, I will post a picture of it on on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, so. small, support small business. Buy the Blu-ray from Scorpion. Yes, and check out her teeth. Check and check out her teeth. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, a little bit of time passes, and Hal's talking to Jordan about having only six months left on the mission. Uh, Jordan doesn't think she's tough enough to make it to the end of the mission, and um, you know she she kind of does this joke. She's like, "Man, I just want to you know put on some lipstick and put on a slinky outfit and just go to a bar and pick up a bunch of bikers." And then Hal kind of like looks at her a little weird, and she's like, "It's a joke, Hal." And I'm like, "I don't think that is a joke. I think you want to be." <laughs> gang banged by a bunch of bikers sorry sorry ashley adams (laughs) yeah i think that was true (laughs) and then we uh we cut to uh jordan is performing like a checkup on captain walker while he's watching porn on the monitor right in front of her yeah that's disturbing uh, a little bit but i you know i i I like the exchange because he was like i haven't you know seen this in uh, forever or something she's like what two people having sex and you know it's, it's funny you know it is um, funny, and he's great. The guy who plays uh, Walker is, is 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 really good. It's such a bummer. Well, I'm not not gonna yeah, well, give anything away. I mean, I, honestly, I truly think all the three astronauts are the strongest actors in this movie, and I bet you, besides uh, um, uh, Shaken, um, 
Venny, who plays Venny. Um, but I, I think they had to cast the the the, street, the three strongest actors for this opening act because the entire movie hinges on this. You know, if you can capture the audience in this first 30 minutes, I mean, we're not going anywhere after that, you know, no matter what the second or third act's going to be like. Well, if if you're not known, if you don't have if you don't have a uh, you know clout behind your name or face, then yeah, you better be able to act your ass off because otherwise, whoever's watching this is going to turn it off. You know, mm-hmm. so this I feel like the opening, like we said before, the opening thirty minutes are very gripping. Um, the uh, and the the acting is really is really decent. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, not for, it's not Oscar worthy, but it's it's definitely captivating. Right, and here's the thing: when I, when I say that they're all good, what I'm doing is comparing them on a B movie level. Because guys and gals, this is a hundred percent a B movie, just like Cyborg. But I think everyone in this movie is infinitely better than anyone in Cyborg, and that includes everyone from Gideon to Lacey. I think everyone in this movie is better than anyone in Cyborg, and I'll say it right now: I like this movie better than Cyborg. I would watch this over Cyborg. I would watch this over Cyborg any day of the week. And guys, don't give me that shit about, uh, you know what you're talking about, Cyborg's so good. Well, no, just listen no. to our review. We've just already we've already done it. it. We've already, uh, our 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 thoughts on that movie are put to rest at this and, point. And don't tell us to watch the Slinger cut. Nope. No, I don't care. Not going to watch it. No, 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 no. Just go watch Hard Target. If you like JCVD, go watch Hard Target and Bloodsport. Okay, God, I, enough said. I can't wait till Hard Target has an awesome special edition blue because right, we're going to... There's a director's cut, a German director's oh, yeah. cut. Oh, yeah. I, so I hope that we eventually get an amazing Blu-ray that includes that, you know? I agree. That would be awesome. Cut to a news broadcast about an American cruise missile landing in Soviet Russia. Things seem to be getting tense uh, back on Earth. Hal kind of wakes up Walker and tells him the news, and they're kind of watching things, but that was all there was sort of to it. But I like this. I like how they're just doing these little layering in, layering in little things that are you know sort of happening yeah i will say that the they cut to like news footage with reporters and i'll give diallo credit for this but i totally agree at one point the the one of the news reporters looks just like the caveman lawyer from saturday night live (laughs) i was gonna say he looks like gene simmons but he does he looks more like the caveman lawyer i'm just a caveman Dude, I love caveman, unfrozen caveman lawyer oh, was one of peace. my favorite. Yeah, rest, rest, God rest his soul, man. Phil Hartman. His wife oh. murdered him, by the way. His wife killed him. Oh, you didn't know that? I knew that, but I, I he had a birthday like last month or something, and and I remember, you know, I, doing. I for, I forgot that that had happened. I can still remember where I was when I heard Kurt Cobain died, and I can still remember where I was when I heard Phil Hartman died, and I think both of them are because of how just insanely just violent their their ends were, you know? Yeah, dude, that's, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, it's like, and then Chris Benoit, like, is, is the, the trifecta of insane deaths. Yeah, that, that one's just so bonkers. Yeah, it huh. really is. Vince McMahon, he's a good guy. He's a good guy. <laughs> uh cut uh, or a little you know time we're doing this whole first 30 minutes they kind of do some jumps and stuff just kind of get some time going oh now, and i will say the editing is really shitty 
actually. The well, we're, we're really we're gonna have, shitty. We're gonna have an. I'm gonna have a great uh, example of the shitty editing come in the third act. Uh, I will have. I'll bring it up. It's it's fucking terrible. And I'm does sure it involve you Jordan? Saw it. Does it involve? Yes, Jordan? yes, it does. It, it involves <laughs> Jordan's uh, open, lifeless eyes and then closed, lifeless yeah, eyes. I rewound uh, that scene twice. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we're gonna discuss that one. Um, <laughs> day 409 on the Nemesis mission. Uh, things are. This is where things are. Uh, it's gonna start ramping up. Um, Hal and Jordan are watching the news, talking about a possible uh, nuclear, you know, um, incident in so in, a, in a Soviet city, but no official confirmation. The nation and the military are, not, are on high alert, and jets have been scrambled. Of course, right when the guy's talking, like in mid broadcast about someone gonna, you know, president's gonna make a statement or whatever, TV cuts off mid broadcast. You know, static. Then alarms start going off in the space station. Uh, they get a coded message saying "Go to War Two, which is interesting that they don't ever use the term "Defcon" in this. They refer to terms like "War Two and "War One." To them, "War One" is what they say they're waiting for. You know, uh, yeah. uh, and and so which is the same thing as "Defcon," whereas like it gets worse as it goes down. You know, um, but they're waiting for confirmation right now. They're at War Two. Uh, Walker. Jordan and how kind of like scramble to their stations things are you know getting tense like all over the screen you know they're 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 you know seeing missile trails going by um you know nuclear the nuclear missiles on the space station start powering up uh how and walker kind of like arm the warheads uh how tries to see what's going on on earth you know they're kind of cycling through the the stations um i said he's like i said he sees the heat trails in the atmosphere um and jordan kind of like she's the one that's kind of like telling him to fire she's like it's happening it's happening i mean and then you start seeing like actual explosions you know on earth and stuff i mean Honestly, like just seeing that from their point of view, like how fucking horrifying is that? Yeah, there's a great movie called uh, Failsafe that came out in the, I think in the 60s with Walter Matthau. It's actually in Henry Fonda. It's got an all-star cast. They remade it in the 90, 2000s with George Clooney on uh, for CBS. Phenomenal film. Deals with nuclear war and the guy in the jet who's got the nuclear warheads and he's supposed to fire them off and he's like, you know, without question, this is what he's been trained to do. So he will, you know, you give him the signal to do it. He's going to do it. So it's a little bit like this is what these guys have been trained to do this entire time. And they're having a meltdown, understandably for how, because he's, you know, he's got his, he's got a wife and a newborn baby and all that yeah. shit and a tooth and a all teeth sister. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it is, it's a little like, it's weird that Jordan, it makes sense that Jordan's the one cause she's disconnected, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's at that point. I'm like, okay, if they're supposed to do this, are they supposed Let's, to do this, or are they not supposed to do this? But so, so the thing is, they haven't gotten any official, you know, yes. confirmation to to say basically launch the nukes. Um, How starts cycling through TV stations. Of course, conveniently, uh, every station you get like. 10 seconds until it goes to static, you know, and he's, he's, he's freaking out. He's like the baby. And, you know, he's talking about his baby, you know? Um, and then Walker says, at least his family is in a remote area. Walker says he just saw Seattle explode essentially, which I mean, again, he, everyone sells this. Everyone sells everything that's happening right here. Uh, I, you see it on, on, on Walker's face. He's like, well, you know, you, you see it on his face. Like Seattle's gone. That was my family. It's over, you know? And, uh, Jordan asks, 
asks, you know, how to check Detroit. Of course, right when they kind of move the camera over Detroit, they see it explode, but it's fine. Jordan, you know, you can see it affect her and everything. Um, Then all of a sudden they get an alert that a missile is heading towards them from Russia. So they use, they have to kind of use one of their nuclear warheads to fire, to just blow the, the missile up out of, out of space, essentially. So they use one of their, their warheads to intercept it. Uh, Nemesis mission day 451. So some now some time has passed. Uh, in the space station, Hal and Walker are discussing where to go if they were to go back to Earth. And uh, Hal says that that Central America is kind of their their best bet, you know, based on fallout and all that kind of stuff. I mean, he uh, does say Seychelles too, and I'm like. I'm taking Seychelles any day over he, Central America, yo. Yeah, he, he says. Yeah, he says Seychelles and Easter Island, Easter Island. you know, and then yeah. and then, but then, kind of like South America is probably the the most logical step and in, in place to go. But yeah, I, exactly. I would have gone with Seychelles or, or Easter Island as well. Dude, I, I had a girlfriend uh, in high school that used to go to Seychelles all the time for like breaks. Her parents had a, a house there. That's maybe one of the reasons why I dated her because I was like, "You're gonna take me eventually," <laughs> um, but. And, and so she'd always tell me about it. I'm like, oh, this place sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. but you never went there. So, so that story went nowhere. <laughs> no, it did in my mind. I was like, I want to go to In Seychelles. my mind, I went there. <laughs> I think Toto wrote a song about Seychelles. <laughs> Barbados. No, that's, that's um, Poco. There you Poco. go. There you go. Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, Nemesis mission day 456 Hal finally sort of gets a transmission from his wife Um, again it's not a two way transmission she's just sort of broadcasting to him Uh, this is pretty gut wrenching Uh, they said they didn't get hit directly so they thought they were okay although his sister she says his sister and family did get blinded by the the blast I'm like Jesus fucking Christ Um, but uh, now they kind of have disease from the fallout she says the baby died Uh, it was sick and they fucking just shot it and uh now she's quarantined Jesus and they took um they, they they took all the the food from her and now she's quarantined man that was uh, fucking rough dude i think at one point i said to diallo i said uh this is kind of a timely movie that that, that cory picked this is a timely film right now <laughs> right um, you know if this people aren't getting shot but people are quarantining and sick and all that so yeah it was rough that was rough. but i i like um dark apocalyptic films yeah. miracle mile the day after i don't watch them like I don't go, hey guys you want to watch yeah. a, you want to watch a movie about <laughs> you want to have a fun out? time tonight let's watch day after tomorrow hey what's up you want to go on a date with me yeah well, you want to watch a movie sure let's watch miracle mile <laughs> no what was that famous British one that was kind of like Day After Tomorrow? I think it's called like Rags or something. Threads, I think. Threads, it's Threads. Yeah, that everyone talks about how freaky that one was too. Yeah, Anchor Bay put out put out a version of that. I miss Anchor Bay. Yeah, uh, me too. By the way, Anchor Bay was beef. Guys, it, it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. But at one point, Anchor Bay was like they were the only company that was putting yeah. out shit. Yeah, they, and, they uh, you always they were the ones that would put out the VHS tapes in the clamshells. So like yep. their stuff would always be like a little bit, and they would come with like an insert, so it'd feel like it was a little bit, you know, I don't know. You're getting more bang for your buck. I mean, honestly, Anchor Bay was the original Arrow Scream Factory. You know, dude, they put so much. I had this. I I can't, can't believe I got rid of it, but it was a Manhunter 
uh, DVD, and it came with a mock dossier of oh, cool. of the Red Dragon. Cool. And so it, it was like in a in a Manila folder and all that shit. I had all that. I sold it at one point. Whatever. So, oh, I, I like that guy from from uh, the. He was in The Beast. I always remember from Peter Benchley's The Beast. Oh, William Peterson? Yeah, but I always... I love I William actually, Peterson. I actually liked him in uh, Live, To Live and Die in L.A. He's great, and he's not even the lead in that movie. Think about it. He's not yeah. really the hero. No, uh, no, yeah. not at all. Yeah, guys, before CSI, Manhunter, William Peterson, Will Graham was the man. Yeah. And To Live and Die in L.A. Those two movies, hands down, two of my favorite films of the 80s. I need to rewatch To Live and Die in L.A., but I so freaking good. loved it. All right. Willem let's, Dafoe. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> let's get back to Defcon 4. <laughs> the reason why this episode will be so long is not because of the movie itself, <laughs> but because we'll be segueing oftentimes. <laughs> oh, you know it's really good? Oh, <laughs> uh, you know it's really good? <laughs> You're not wrong, buddy. You're not wrong. How <laughs> uh, says they're going back to Earth now because, you know, he's, he's fired up about wanting to find his, his wife. I, Obviously, you know, um, and and obviously fucking Walker does not want to go down into, you know, a hot spot with radiation and disease and everything. And he says, you know, they're I mean, they're dead. Like, you know, I mean, they are, man. Like, yeah. it's you're not going to save them, you know. And uh, Jordan, you know, Jordan says she has she has no one to go home to. You know, you guys saw it. I think I think Detroit is where she's from. Or at least her family was there. Um, she goes, but they should go back because they're really not doing anything you know up here so it's actually a two-to-one vote except walker overrides that two-to-one vote because he's the captain i'm like where the what the fuck are you gonna do (laughs) right i know yeah you could you know actually just mutiny it's kind Um, of no but i mean like what are you gonna do when you get down there i understand how wants to go see his you know gets rescue his wife and kid but i'm like and and jordan's like you know we're just we're not doing anything up here i'm like i'd want to stay up there a little bit I, I mean, I would, and that's the thing. Well, what are they going to do when they land? Because they've already been up in space for 400 days, and we know 450 days, and we know what that'll do to a person. Like we sent astronauts up there to do. Remember that the twins? Uh, one stayed on Earth, one went up there for like a yeah. year or two or something, and and now we get to examine and compare what is happening to the astronaut that came back. I think when they if this was realistic, they would they would be no good to anybody back on Earth. But yeah. this is a cool concept being stuck in space during the apocalypse because there was a story in World War Z about astronauts, you know, on the space station, like watching things like that go on. And, you know, it's just it's it's a cool concept that I think that that kind of probably didn't exist before this movie. And I do think, like you said earlier, I do think that this might have. Even if people didn't think it, it just might have percolated and permeated into people's minds, you know, yeah. afterwards. No, I think I think it did. I think movies like like this, I think writers go, oh, that's a really cool idea. No one's even going to know. Yeah, it's a cool idea. <laughs> and this is the thing. This movie's chock full of cool ideas that I would love to see them play out further, you know. And I think yeah. people probably do the same thing. They're like, oh, I like that concept. This movie didn't do it well, but I like the idea. Let me see what I can do with that, you know. And I yeah. and I think that, yeah, like like you said, it's like even if they don't know it or whatever, it's just the, the, the everyone watched these movies, you know. All, all the people that make movies now, like our age and stuff, they all grew up watching these movies. It probably came in somewhere in their mind, you know, and, and, and left an impression. 
Totally, totally. I, I know people don't like using the R word, but uh, you could totally remake this. Oh, absolutely. This, I mean, this could be a, a very well-made uh, remake if, if you wanted to put some money into it. Not, not probably not even a lot. Probably just the same amount of money you put into it back then, and it would you could still probably you could do something better now with right. it. You know, um, and there's a lot of cool things that I would love to see expanded upon. Um, Cut to everyone sort of asleep in their bunkers, um, but the but they're being woken up because the computer is kind of powering up and, and beeping at them. Uh, Hal rushes to you know over to the screen, and the myst- there's a mystery program is causing them to essentially descend back to Earth. Hal says, "This isn't me. I'm not doing anything." Um, him and Walker kind of quickly jump into uh, action and jettison all the nukes. I guess that's a part of the the mission parameters that if you have to go back to Earth, you don't want to bring the nukes with you so they set them all to a like a 60 hour time limit jettison them except one sort of gets stuck in there uh in in the capsule as it goes down to earth so i guess the other like 10 nukes just go out in space and then in 60 hours explode harmlessly or they just destroy the moon maybe i don't know i mean (laughs) yeah do something it's gonna gonna do something in space (laughs) right i mean all that explosion has to go somewhere you know (laughs) um but yeah, so so they fall back to Earth. Uh, they're kind of going through reentry and everything like that. And uh, when they land back on Earth, Jordan, she's they're all strapped into chairs, but her chair kind of like falls over. Uh, she gets kind of bonked on the head. You think you think she's dead, uh, but we see on the outside the the pod, the the capsule has kind of landed on a beach, but the hatch, the door hatch, is kind of like face down into the sand. Um, we have How uh, uh, and Walker kind of go over and, and examine Jordan and you find out that she just has a concussion. She's not actually dead, but you know, it's like, you know, I like the fact that they gave how the dialogue of thinking that she was dead and then, you know, and then gave Walker, you know, oh, she's not dead. Like, you could have easily made it so that Hal realized that she was alive, right? That she just had a concussion. But it added a little bit of extra drama to it that I thought was fun. I love how, but they're both trained to be like, you know, um, they're trained in, in knowing first aid CPR. They got to know all that shit. And he's like, her neck is broken. Yeah. I go, and then and then Walker's like, I think she's got a concussion. <laughs> like, yeah. dude, how <laughs> you settle down, how? He's he's a little bit he's a little bit uh, caffeinated, <laughs> I right. should say. Um, so they they all of a sudden they start hearing knocking uh, on outside of the the capsule, and so you know they they do they hear three knocks, they knock back three knocks. So they're like, oh, okay, somebody's out there. So they frantically start digging, you know, digging the sand out. They're trying to get out of there. You know, Hal's like, you know, we're going to go here. We're going to do that. You know, the the typical thing where you think he's going to die, right? Because he's the guy talking about yeah. how, ex- how excited he is for the future because that's kind of, you know, he's going to die. I would have um, liked to have seen that, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I like how it goes instead, to be completely truthful with you. As much, do, as, as, much as I like Walker, I like the twist they do with it. Um, it let's just talk about it after we... So basically... Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Hal's like excitedly digging out. He gets grabbed. His hand gets grabbed. You know, he starts freaking out because he's like, they're grabbing me. They're pulling me. And then Walker kind of saves him. But then Walker himself gets pulled out. He's screaming. He's kicking. Hal's trying to bring him back in. And then you hear him like a blood curdling scream. And Hal's, or I'm sorry, Walker's hand rolls back down the sand oh, in. Yep. And dude, this scene 
just freaked me out so much as a kid. I, I, I still think it's pretty fucking freaky. Like, just, just the fact that you're inches away from either salvation or death, but you don't know it, you know? Like, it's just, it, but you're safe in this little thing here, but you can't last long. I don't know, like, everything, all the ingredients here just kind of freak me out personally. Like, it, it, it adds up to me being freaked out. Yeah, this scene, uh, I think, it, and again, I'm going to reference Diallo because he brought it up and I'm like, yeah, totally. I do, would do that too. He's like, this reminds me of like when you would play uh, as a kid with your friends with no real um, plot to go with, but you would just like you have these action set pieces like, oh my God, you got my arm, you got my arm, oh! hand, thump. Uh, and how much fun that was. This probably was a lot of fun to make that scene in particular. But yeah, it, it's it's a really bleak... Uh, if you think about it, like if you explain this movie like we're doing, you're doing, uh, it sounds really cool. And then you watch it and you're like, okay, yeah, you know, it falls flat. But up until this point, I'm, I'm still pretty captivated, still yeah. pretty gripped. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the great thing is, is that once the movie starts going downwards, it really only has like 40 minutes left in it anyway. So that's a lot of time. <laughs> it, it is. It is. <laughs> it only has about an hour. <laughs> But you're right. right. It does. The movie does have a quality to it where you're sort of just bouncing. It's it's there is more logic to it, I think, than than, you know, like the kids playing the thing. But yeah, I kind of get that. It's like, oh, now this happens. Now this happens. I'm like, yeah, it does have a a bit of like, where are you going with this? Like, where is this taking you? And it's kind of like little just little set pieces here and there to kind of maybe get you to where you're going. Yeah, no, I don't have a problem with anything up until this point, really, um, because it's pretty, like I said, it's pretty captivating, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. And now, back to the show. I kind of like what he does here, how, like, leaves a tape recording uh, for the still unconscious Jordan, and he kind of puts it on her chest and, like, puts a little note there, and he's, like, telling her, like, hey, you know, uh, Walker's dead, don't go outside, Uh, don't let anybody in, I'll be back at this time, I'll knock three times, blah, 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 although, weirdly, he shouldn't knock three times because that's what the bad guys did. He should be like, I'll knock five times, you know, or do or whatever, but anyways, um, he's going to go out, see if he can find anyone and you know that's it so we see that there's still one nuke still in the pod and it has 51 hours left on the countdown 
uh, Hal sort of gets out of the, the capsule, and he starts leaving the beach, starts walking down this desolate street. This location, this, like, the, the I mean, we're not on it for very long, but these, like, street locations feel yeah. very much like the road, you know, with uh, Viggo Mortensen. It's, it's very bleak. It's kind of like these, yep. it's like a country road, but at the same time, there's, like, trash on the side of the road, so yeah. it just looks gross. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, it felt it felt like uh, you know, Walking Dead lifted a ton of shit from this. Mm-hmm. Um, and straight of course, up, I'm not even like going, oh, you know, it's 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 like a generic version. No, you look at this and you go, this is Walking Dead shit. Right yeah, here. it has. I mean, it has like it's it's that atmosphere it's that vibe you know and i wouldn't even be surprised some some parts of turbo kid kind of reminded me of this little setting here you know it's it's i feel like that you know if you're gonna yeah i don't know i i I think that there 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 might be something there i I think that's that's the takeaway is that there's probably people are probably like yeah if you ask them they'd probably be like yeah oh i used to watch defcon 4 when i was a kid did it influence your show or your movie oh i don't think so but they didn't you know they don't don't realize that it probably did you know you know who did you know who 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 probably watched this steve Mm. kistansky (laughs) <laughs> he probably did. I think he actually liked one of our, our pictures on this. So yeah, I'm he, sure he pro- did. I guarantee you he's, this is probably one of the, his right movies. His I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> oh man. And it's Canadian. Um, so there you go. There you go. Um, so, Oh, and he, uh, he comes immediately, pretty much like immediately comes across a bunch of like fucking guys cutting up Walker and eating him. Like that's fucking bleak, man. Like that is that's that's rough. That's a rough thing to put in this movie. That's a rough road. <laughs> it's also kind of silly of him throwing his little spear did nothing. But uh, yeah, it was like the limpest. Well, granted, he's been in space for, for uh, over a year, so his muscle uh, his muscles are probably not fully formed. <clears throat> and you know, sadly, that's probably the the right answer. But but the or, or should I say the the better answer, but the correct answer is he just sucked. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Oh no. I like I like how. <laughs> oh, no. I do too. I'm just messing up. I know, but he is he is he is chode-esque. <laughs> <laughs> he has some chode qualities to him. Um Hal runs away from the, the people in pursuit, uh, but he kind of gets caught in a trap that Vinny made. We don't know that Vinny's his name, but that's Vinny and that's uh Chaken. Um Hal tells Vinny uh, who he is, but, you know, Vinny doesn't say anything. He seems very unimpressed. Uh, but the Hal does say he has four months' supply of food, you know, at his ship slash capsule or whatever. Um, cut to Vinny sort of leading Hal blindfolded through a booby trap field to his bunker slash house. Uh, inside the house, Vinny ties Hal to a chair and kind of, like, feeds him, and, and it's very gross uh eating like some kind of porridge with your nasty dirty fingers oh and then getting it all over your shirt i was thoroughly disgusted by this scene well i mean come on like you're gonna be able to find spoons in uh in in a post-apocalyptic world well, I think that I think the thing is he he didn't have any running water to wash anything with, so he kept just putting the the used pots in the. Uh, yeah, I know. I what am I getting no, a defense I, for? Hey, you're right. No. no, you're right. He you could easily find like at least plastic spoons or something. Exactly. It's just, I, I get yeah. I get where they're going with it. It just lost me because I'm like no 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 and yeah. no. 
You yeah. use a fucking stick before you use your fingers. Your nasty fingers. Your nasty, nasty. That was that was the grossest part uh, of of the whole entire thing. Yeah, um, and, and the you know they bring up on multiple occasions in this film the idea that no one's you know people smell like piss or people smell like shit mm-hmm. because people aren't bathing. Which which I'm actually really impressed that they did bring that up because that is a true thing. Yeah. Uh, especially with one character that you'll get to in a little while. But, um, but so yeah, dude, come on, use a stick or or use like a wet wipe on your hand or something, you know? Yeah. Don't give me this bullshit. They're right by the ocean. (laughs) Wash your hands. Wash your hands, motherfuckers. God damn it. That's salt water. (laughs) Cures everything. Uh, Hal doesn't really eat the food and Vinny tosses the uneaten food that's still like in its in its bowl um, into this like basement hole in the ground. And then you hear a girl say, thanks. Uh, Vinny says, (laughs) yeah, that's actually I laughed out loud at that moment because she's like, thanks. It was such it was a really funny delivery. (laughs) It was. It was. Uh, Vinny says he'll he'll make uh, make Hal a deal. He'll give him the food or he'll kill him. You know, uh, Hal says he'll give Vinny half of the food for one of the guns. No, that's not going to work. Uh, <laughs> Hal, <laughs> Hal says he just wants to get on a boat and get to Central America. And I do like how, how Vinny's like, do you think if there was a boat, I'd be sitting here breathing radiation? You know, I mean, he's just he's just annoyed and disgusted at, at Hal. We do get a quick shot of some poor bastard outside creeping through Vinny's booby-trapped woods, and he just gets blown up. So Vinny, of course, hears it and grabs his gun to go see, you know, what's outside and to go investigate, essentially. Uh, as soon as he leaves, and as soon as as soon as Vinny's out the door, a girl we don't know it at the time, but uh, JJ comes up out of like a hole in the ground, not even the uh, the doorway, right? That that he threw it in. She found like another way to sort of get upstairs and uh, starts eating sort of strawberry jam out of out of a can with her fingers too. So we've got three for three because even Vinny was eating with his fingers. That's yeah, disgusting disgusting i can just i can literally see the disgust on your face <laughs> yeah i'm just so disgusted uh, how dare you i said good day sir in a, in a pre-covid world with your I fingers know. give me we a all break. yeah we all knew better even back then uh how tells her if he if she unties him he'll take her to the to the you know uh to the food he has stashed, right? Uh, JJ asks if he knows how to sail a ship and uh, or sail a boat, and he says yes. JJ says she'll split the food and take him to the boat, but if he screws her over, you know, he he loses the boat, essentially. Uh, Hal agrees, and she unties him. JJ grabs the rest of Vinny's guns and uh, says, okay, Captain Walker, which confuses Hal because he's like, wait a minute, that's not his name, you know? Uh, right when they're about to walk out the door, Vinny walks in, um, and basically disarms them. He kisses JJ, and she just kind of like goes back into her hole, just creeps back into her hole. And uh, Vinny tells Hal to go outside because he doesn't want to mess up his his house, you know, because he's gonna blast him with his shotgun. Uh, Hal pleads and tells Vinny that they have, you know, <laughs> they met marijuana, and he's like, "What kind?" And Hal's like, "Uh, Colombian." He's like, "Oh, I don't smoke dope, and I don't like people that do." <laughs> Again, Ch- uh, Chaken, everything Chaken does is 
he's is awesome. He's the best actor in the movie. Yeah, that that kiss was really disgusting, though. It was of like, course it was. It was really disturbing. Yeah, it, in a good like it, it's supposed oh, to be. Appro- yeah. yeah, exactly. Appropriate. Like <laughs> we've already like dinged the movie a gazillion times for inappropriate stuff, but yeah, that one's actually like appropriate, like warranted. You know? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and and you know, and again, this is another thing that like. In 88 minutes, man, I want to, like, know, like, what the hell's going on here? Like, and yeah, Vinny, after a while, he becomes more of a sympathetic character. But when you think about it, it starts starts pretty bleak for Vinny, like, as a viewer, for us to sort of connect to Vinny because he's keeping a fucking sex slave teenager in the basement, essentially. Yeah, yeah, they lacked, like, the exposition of certain moments where they, like, the they stretched out moments that should have only been like, you know, half the amount of time. Yeah. So it's, it's disturbing. It's odd to me. Yeah. Yeah. How says, you know, like, like when he's kind of pushing and Vinny's pushing him out the door, how says she won't let you in the capsule. And then that sort of causes Vinny to stop, you know, cause he says she, uh, he starts asking about Jordan. Uh, and then how's like, uh, he's like, what kind of hair does she have? Uh, brown hair. And then Vinny starts asking about her areolas and her nipples. Yeah. What kind of areolas does she have? He's like, does she have pink, brown or red? And how he, I mean, the actor, you know, sells it. He's confused. He's like, uh, red. You know, and yeah. then Vinny's like pointy around nipples, and Hal's like uh, pointy. You know, so you can tell that he's like I don't know, <laughs> but he probably does. I mean, Jesus Christ, being that close vicinity, I think it, yeah. after after a year with uh, the three of them up in space, I guarantee you by the end of it, they didn't give a fuck about being naked in front of each other. No, I mean they're they're professionals, you know. Yeah, I don't get angry. I'm a professional. <laughs> I, I love I love pick man I can't I can't wait to do hard target man one of these days. All right, so come that on, was, Universal, get on that Blu-ray. <laughs> come on, they won't they won't because Universal puts out shit uh, Blu-rays. They do. Were, were you and I talking about that? How some movies it's like 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 Hard Target. It's like it's too big for the studio to want to hand over to like Kino Lober or you yep. know Scorpion. But at the same time, they don't think that there's enough of a market to warrant putting out their own special edition. So they just put out a fucking shit ass normal ass Blu-ray. Yeah, they, where they, they just like do a, a bullshit. Yeah, bring it out of the vault, and all they do is like up convert the DVD. They don't even like they don't even like rescan the film. They just up convert the DVD. Like I hate that shit, man. Like, like I just put your studios. Put your resources into streaming and let people like Arrow and, and Scream Factory and Kino and Scorpion and Code Red, let them fucking handle the Blu-rays and the special editions now. They did that with uh, one of the biggest disappointments of, of getting a Blu-ray that I was super excited to get was Judgment Night. They did that with Judgment Night where the, I, it's the part of their vault series, which is such bullshit. bullshit. It's like print on demand kind of thing, which is even more stupid. And the even the, 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 the slip cover or whatever, the piece of paper that goes in the, the liner or whatever, it's, it's, it's like someone took it to Kinko's and did a color photocopy. It is that sad. Yeah. I thought Sony sucked when it came to movies, but Universal's really doing a, a shitty job of putting out their own stuff. So thank God Arrow puts out some Universal stuff and Scream Factory, but you know, I I do truly think that like the studios just kind of like oh streaming's the future. We're just gonna basically abandon like all of our factories that produce the Blu-rays and just keep like one open, you know, like one random one open. And yeah, yeah no, it it fucking sucks, man. Just leave it up to the professionals now, and the professionals are. 
you know, Scorpion and yep. Arrow. So yep. basically, Vinny and Hal have a deal. Okay, so he's going to take her to the to the ship. Uh, the deal is half the food and the woman. Uh, Hal never sort of agrees to it, but I think he kind of, you know, knowing what he does later with the whole stepping forward on the on the the, the gallows, I think I think Hal's gonna would would have tried to like do a little spin around on on Vinny at the time, but whatever, he agrees to it. Cut to. This is pretty cool. Vinny driving an armored bulldozer, a.k.a. a killdozer, and uh, Hal and JJ are kind of sitting in the front bucket. But how cool is this thing, man? It's I love it. I even said uh, to Diallo, I was like, that that bulldozer is like so Mad Max. It's so badass. I want that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> killdozer, baby. It's awesome. Yeah. And then, uh, so they're driving down the street, going to the beach, and as they're doing, they get attacked by terminals. Uh, th- those were the people that ate Walker earlier, and apparently they're called terminals because they're just, they're going to die. They're all wrapped up in bandages and shit, so they're basically like lepers and shit. Uh, they... There's a little scene where, you know, they kill both of them and then uh, Vinny sort of drives back over and runs over one of them. It was it's fun, but it, it does its job. A little little action scene. Uh, they get to the beach and the capsule is gone. Vinny sends JJ over like a nearby dune to go check it out, but she's still attached to a rope. So, you know, he, he can kind of keep a hold on her. And then all of a sudden he can't like get her back. You know, um, he, he it goes taut, I should say. The, the rope goes taut and he can't yeah. get her back. And then as he's kind of like trying to figure that out, fucking Lacey walks up next to him. Bro, let's talk about Lacey. The the main goon. (laughs) Well, let's start with his mustache. How about that? Oh. Or his bleach blonde hair. Where can we start with that? Okay, so so basically all these characters are like high school prep school kids, right? Uh, that's, well, that's I think Lacey, Lacey was, Lacey was, was, he was a military technician. They do say that later. Uh, so, cause he was on the helicopter with Gideon. Uh, True. But, so, but they're young. They're very yes, young. Yeah. They're all young. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. And I, and I get that. It's, it's kind of a cool introduction. I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he's got a shit eating grin on his face. Yeah. It, and it, it kind of lightens the mood. Um, it, it's funny. Yeah. I, I, and again, this is like a Walking Dead moment to me where I'm like, oh, these are all human characters with human feelings and human interactions. This felt very normal to me. Right. Um, you know, it wasn't bad. I, I'm not hating on it. Not hating yeah. on it. Not hating. Not hating on Lacey. No, I think I think Lacey is a, a good goon. Like he's he's a great goon. Yeah. Um, and he is the like Gideon's basically his right hand man, which, you know, we'll find out later. But um we see uh, his men kind of like on, you know, on the dozer. Uh, <laughs> Vinny just throws sand at him. And I love Lacey's yeah, reaction. Love Lace, even Lacey's reaction is like, what the, what the fuck? Really? <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> that, was, that was good. I, I actually really like that. Um, and uh, and then this was after uh, one of the other guards sort of uh, uh, disarmed uh, Vinny. But he, he gets back into the dozer, locks it up. And, uh, of course, you know, Hal's still sort of out there, of course. Um, but Lace, Lacey... Uh, uh, drops a grenade into the opening of the killdozer, so Vinny sort of jumps out, and um, they they it's a fake. So, but and I'm sorry, we I, I glossed over the fact that they did this cool little trap. Vinny tries to get away, and they do this little cool little uh, trap to sort of grab the dozer, and they spend more time than necessary uh, showing you how this team of people captured the dozer. That's a great way of explaining many of the scenes from this point on they spend more time than necessary yeah uh 
um, <laughs> with the certain scenes. Yeah, this this scene went on probably about ten or ten or twenty seconds too long. Which yeah. you think about it, it's a long time. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I get I get what you're doing. I get I get, I get yeah, I get it. I get it. You're, you're chaining it up. I mean, eight, 88 minutes, baby. A cool 88 minutes. They got to put, they got to pad it somewhere because if they didn't put those 20 seconds here, 20 seconds there, you'd have a 60 minute movie. Go the doll man route. Go 79 minutes, yo. It's not a bad Ooh, thing. Yeah. 79 minutes. I, I, which is, I don't know, sadly, I actually want a two hour DEFCON 4 because there's a lot of things I would, I would actually want to see expanded upon. So I don't know, man. I don't know what the proper. I don't know if there is a proper version of DEFCON 4 out there. I think you know you, what I mean? You could, ex- you could expand this movie and keep it 88 minutes if you short- shorten certain <laughs> yeah. scenes. Yeah, you, you shorten unnecessary scenes, and, and yeah, you're right. And, and you can keep the exact same runtime. Good, yes. good point. <laughs> yes. Good point, buddy. Good point. So uh, Lacey takes them back to the compound where we also see a bunch of, like, sort of, like, I guess, innocent people or prisoners. So at the compound, uh, and it's a fort, like, like Fort something, you know, uh, a military fort that they converted apparently. Um, but there's like kind of two types of people here. It's like either just civilians or sort of faux military people, which all sort of like look. They don't look Mad Maxi. They look more like the uh, the villains, the, the group in the woods that that uh, JCVD fights in, in Cyborg. The, the you know you know what I'm talking about the like yeah. sort of the first group and they didn't have any connection to the main villains or anything. Just the the guys in camo. Yeah, and I, and, the, and the one guy who is is it, is it beard guy? Is a guy with mesh uh, around <laughs> his neck? Because uh, there's a, there's a there's like five there's a handful of like main goons under Lacey. Yeah, the one main goon under Lacey who's like, all right, let's do this. Oh, yeah, bald guy with armor on his chest. Yeah, that asshole. So he yeah, he makes an example of this old man because uh, what they're doing is they're they're using people to pull the yes. the capsule, the, the space capsule into the compound. And, uh, yeah, that, that one bald kid uh, kind of, yeah, shoots shoots his poor old bastard like right in the fucking gut. And you know? I called I called him angry aerobics instructor. Because he reminds me of like a like a Richard Simmons, where he's like, "Come on, everybody, put some <laughs> movement into it." <clears throat> like, dude, settle down. Eat a Twix or no? Eat a Twix. Eat a, eat a, no, eat, eat a, a Snickers. Snickers. Eat a Snickers. Yeah, eat there Snickers. you go. Packed with peanuts. 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 <laughs> Um, and then we, uh, after that, we also see that there is one nuke left in the ship. And again, uh, we, which we already knew that, but it's going to keep cutting back to that and showing you the countdown. Now there are 34 hours left. And honestly, the sense of urgency that you're supposed to feel, they don't do it often enough throughout this movie, in my opinion, to real, really convey a sense of urgency. And by the time they do... It's kind of like, oh, oh yeah, that thing. You're you're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Because <laughs> yeah. there's there's delays, and again, like Corey said, this is an 88 minute movie, so there's not a lot. There's a lot to pack in in a short amount of time. You think? <laughs> you but think they don't that really they... pack a whole lot in in a short amount of time? <laughs> yeah. uh, as as Hal and Vinny and JJ are being led through the compound, we kind of see 
what it is, you know, what it looks like. It's pretty bleak in there. We do see boobies, and uh, I guess there's like a, a prostitute is the second pair of boobs that we saw. The first pair was when Walker was in the uh, space you know, capsule watching the porn. Yeah, I didn't and... need to see both of those. Both of those were like <laughs> not very wowser moments. Yeah, wowser, they, they were more like they... ne- snorzers. And it says a lot when I, you know, even I don't even remember that they were in it. Like when I was going to go see this, I was like, oh, 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 uh, eh, okay. Well, and then even after it was over, it's like it's not a movie that I think about has nudity in it. You know? Did you notice later on in the movie when, and, and I'm jumping ahead just a little bit, it, it's just a little tease, uh, when J.J. goes to Gideon's uh, quarters or whatever, his, his and, and she's, she's like wearing uh, her outfit open. Like yeah, they opened, yeah, yeah. and I thought, are they gonna go with this? I thought that too, but they I didn't. Thought that too. And I thought, okay, that's a scene that probably should have stayed in the movie. I, yeah, th- I think there were a couple of scenes, and we'll get to them. We'll get to them. I think that was one of them. I think there was something missing there, and then with Jordan's eyes open slash closing, I think we're missing a uh, a, a scene with Hal putting his you know fingers over her eyes to to close them. You know, but yeah, it's it's. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, I feel like there's something there. Like there's something missing clearly because you can see it on screen. Like, you know what I mean? And and I'm yeah. with you. I was hoping we were going to get to see what we were going to get to see. But unfortunately, we she's don't. like a better version of the chicken cyborg of, of cyborg. Yep. Yep. I knew exactly where you're going to go going right when you <laughs> came out of your mouth. Yep. Knew well, exactly. and even even this this shot, this scene reminds me of the uh, the flea market scene in cyborg. Yeah. You know? Yeah, but but better, but better, but, but better. Yeah, don't uh, go, don't start saying that it's not everybody. I, dude, I, I don't, I, bro, I, I don't think anyone's saying anything at this point because I think we've made it pretty clear. I'm if, speaking if, to that one guy in Germany, somebody who's, <laughs> who's like, I got the slinger cut. You don't know. Uh, hey, man, I gotta see, I gotta see something before I, I no. I, and what I've seen on on is cyborg. Nope, nope. <laughs> We put it all on tape. Don't need to go back to it. Nope. Nope. Um, so, <laughs> bop, 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 bop. Gideon. We we now we meet Gideon. Uh, we so basically, um, I lost my place. Hold on. Vincent Poor Lee man's Gideon's office. Here we go. Poor man's yeah, Andrew go. Stevens. Poor man's, poor man's Andrew, Andrew Stevens. Stevens. Yeah, he's the, he's the head bad guy. Um, so and, and a poor man, a poor man's Andrew Stevens is not saying much because Andrew Stevens is a is is Andrew Stevens. So <laughs> what is he a poor man of? Oh man! If only I could tell you some stories. I'll tell you off off the air, folks. <laughs> be, be, everyone's gonna be like, "Oh, come on!" No, it's it's something that I can't share. It's someday I'll write a book called "Anonymous Stories from Private School as a Teacher." Oh, yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> um, so, uh, how kind of gets put? Like, so uh, Gideon has an office where it's got uh, uh, a couch. That has these weird mechanical neck things, which you can tell that they're used for something else, but they're using them to kind of hold people on the couch, I guess you should say. Like, yep. it just goes around their neck, whatever. Well, it, it's it's cool. cool, though. It's cool. It, yeah. They're like giant vice grips or something. They're weird. Yeah, and, and nothing really, like, you don't kill anybody with them. Like, I kind of wanted to see that. But at the same time, it was a it was a cool set design decision, to yeah, be honest cool. with you. Yeah, you I, know? Liked I liked it. Um. 
right away, Gideon asks how, like, which ways do the winds blow in Patagonia? Um, and basically, Gideon is looking for a safe place to go, too. Everyone is, because it's the fallout and everything. They're, everyone's, you know, they, they know that their time here is limited, and they have to find somewhere else to go. Um, Hal, Hal asks Gideon how Gideon knows his name. Uh, it doesn't really reveal that right away because L- uh, Lacey brings JJ and Vinny in the room, and Gideon and JJ, they you can tell they already know each other, you know. Yeah. Uh, Gideon tells Lacey to take Vinny and JJ to the cells. Uh, he also has Doctor Jordan in holding too. Uh, Gideon says they are running out of time and need to get to clean zone, and you know he hopes they can help him. Uh, Gideon says he's sorry about Walker. Terminals found the ship before they did. You know, so at this point, you're, you, they give you a few minutes or a few seconds of you know maybe thinking that maybe Gideon is is okay maybe he's not terrible yeah and maybe in gideon's mind he isn't terrible but uh kind of like the governor or something from from walking dead again same same idea like he's he's not a he's kind of like i'm dealing with i'm dealing with crazy times i gotta act this way because what he says to Lacey is not this scene. It's like way later on, but he's yep, like, yep. how do you deal with limited resources and doling out the, you have to be strong. You have to be harsh. Like exactly. Just, and, and, and yeah, yes, Gideon's not really redeemable in this movie, but at the same time, you can see the logic path that sort of got him there. Totally. Totally. And I, and I love it. I'm like, that's this, this is, this makes sense to me. I have no problem with this right now. Yep. Yep. Uh, Gideon says he was surprised to find out that they were up there. He didn't know that the U.S. had a secret uh, line of space defense. He says, uh, and then Hal's like, you weren't supposed to know, you know? And uh, again, we don't really know why Gideon knows what he knows. Um, But Lacey comes in and says, they found it. It says Delta S-16 on it. And then Gideon says, well, we don't need you anymore, Hal. So I was like, okay, well, that sucks. Uh, Hal gets put into a small cell with a half with a half eaten corpse that was again good i was like oh that was impressive yeah back at the space capsule Lacey is taking out the delta s16 unit and gideon says you know to take it to boomer's hut right away uh in the cells we see that jj is in the neck is is in the cell next to uh um to Hal and she's with jordan and like an older lady but but Hal doesn't know that uh how kind of this is bad. He kind of scrapes a little hole into a giant hole in the sheet metal. That was yeah. Terrible. It's amazing what you can do with a flat um, bicycle key. Yeah, because at that <clears> point, <throat> if you could cut through metal like that, you can just leave. You could just cut a hole and just get out of there. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that was that was bad. Um, how uh, how asked Jordan? You know, he sees Jordan. Uh, he asks if she's okay. She is. Um, how asked JJ who who Gideon is, and she says it's her ex boyfriend. Uh, she was trying to get away when Vinny caught her in his woods. How asks you know how Gideon came to run this place. And now this is when kind of JJ sort of you know uh, let's get some knowledge right. She, JJ is the knowledge character. Yeah. Uh, she says that you know how does he run this place? JJ says he has his ways. She goes. She even controlled what happened you know to you. She even controlled you your spaceship. And you know how's like what? And she says that uh, it was the day of the war. 
two months ago, she was at school changing classes with Gideon when a Navy helicopter landed on the schoolyard and Gideon's father got out. She's like, the next thing she knows, uh, she's at 5,000 feet in a helicopter carrying a bunch of satellite equipment. She goes, Gideon's mom and dad and a bunch of Navy, Navy brass are on board, um, but an explosion kind of knocked them out of the sky. The helicopter crash landed and only four people survived. So it was Gideon, uh, her, Lacey, and Boomer, a a Navy technician. Uh, and we find out that Boomer is paralyzed from the crash from the legs down. Uh, JJ says it was Boomer who transmitted the program to make the their ship like land here where it did, which you know, which I like because yeah, and even even you know even like like Hal's like how the fuck could that happen? You know, like how could he do that? But they don't go any further than that, and this is the one of the few times I'm like, okay, I'll buy all of this. Like, there's it isn't chance that they landed here. It was you know by design, and 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 Boomer is a you know a military technician, so under duress he did that thing and brought them there. I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm yeah. cool with that. I've been watching a lot of G.I. Joe lately, so uh at this point I'm like, oh cool. These are these are cool like G.I. Joe concepts. Yeah. Like, oh Val, dude. This when is... I was when I was playing with my Joes as I got a little bit older, maybe like ten or eleven years old, and I got more mature. So I was more mature but still playing with my toys and I would go into like darker storylines, like I would recreate the thing and Predator and shit like that. Uh and this is this is like prime for that, you know? I'm like you, buddy. I kind of played with my action figures a, maybe a little bit later than a, some other kids did. Uh, maybe it was being, you know, an only child. And, you know, yeah, I ha- obviously we all we had friends and everything. But, you know, like you, you see your friends on the weekend. So what are you going to do randomly, you know, in the afternoon one day? You know, yeah. You, yeah, let, me, let me play with my G.I. Joes, you know. Well, honestly, I feel like I, I wish I would have played more with my toys because who cares, right? Who yeah. cares? Who yeah. cares? seriously man seriously play fucking play with toys man who gives a shit use your imagination dude seriously we need more of that in this world right now so we can make a remake of defcon 4 with a a better running time and tighter 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 plot (laughs) exactly dude i would love it man maybe that'll be what uh podcast after dark branches off into we uh we remake uh, and we remake defcon 4 and then podcast after dark dies because defcon 4 the remake will fail Oh, God. Um, Gideon and Lacey go to Boomer's hut, and we see Boomer is strapped, like, to a table, but it's, like, it's upright so that Boomer is sort of, like, standing, but he's strapped in there. And he has the biggest amount of spit on his face. Disgusting. I mean, it's disgusting, but at the same time, props to the actor for for doing it, right? It makes sense. Uh, Look, everything he does makes sense, but it's really gross. It's really gross. be honest, this is the way it would be in in post-apocalyptic Acapulco future. (laughs) (laughs) Especially if you were fucking paralyzed from the the legs down, you know? Um, Gideon bribes Boomer with a steak that he's cooking to get Boomer to sort of, to unlock the Delta S 16, uh, from the capsule, you know, so they can find out where basically they want to find out where the, uh, military survival stations are. Um, <laughs> I like how Lacey hooks the thing up to the computer with this, like this giant, like cord power cord thing. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, good old 1985. Cause you know, nowadays it's just a USB port that you just plug in, you know, but it's, it's, it's amazing. But Boomer, you know, finally sort of gives in and uh, and and says, you know, oh, you know, 
whatever. It's just a password, you know. Um, back of the cells, uh, Hal asks where the helicopter was going when it crashed, and they said they were trying to get to a sub off of New Finland. Um, Lacey shows up and takes JJ out of the cell. Back at Boomer's hut, uh, Gideon says the stake is ready. Uh, oh, this is when he says the password. He's like, if you just give me the password to the, the program. Boomer's like, oh, what does it matter? It's just a password. And the password is E Pluribus Funk. E Pluribus Funk. Weird. It works. Yeah. Yep, it sure. works. And Gideon sees one location that is still active. Uh, it, you, um, it, he gets like coordinates essentially, longitude and latitude coordinates. Uh, a few of them pop up, all saying negative, and then one says positive. Uh, he's like, "Well, you know, thank you. You know, uh, you you did your job, Boomer. You know, they know where to go now. And of course, he's a man of his word to give Boomer the stake. But what does he do? Like an asshole." Now is when you realize he has no redeeming qualities. He drops the stake in the mud on the ground and steps on it. Then he unhooks Boomer from his thing, you know, his table, and Boomer just falls right on his face in the mud. And uh, as Lacey, as not Lacey, um, as Gideon's leaving, he kicks the stake at Boomer, lands right by his head, and Boomer just starts licking it. I'm like, oh, oh, Boomer, have some dignity, man. So, so can question can boomer move his arms yeah i think he was just um paralyzed from the legs down so he's not moving his arms in this scene right. he's and, only moving his hands and at one point gideon like puts the stake right in front of his face and he doesn't lift his arms because yeah he appears as if he can only really kind of move his hands yes um okay just want to throw that out there yeah <clears throat> no you're not wrong you're not wrong in that assessment uh because later uh, you know boomer will do something heroic later that involves him crawling so yeah his his arms do move but and, i 100 yeah. percent agree with you he, he the way he's playing it when he's strapped to the table and even when he falls on the ground you think he could move his arm no he only moves his hands it's almost as if they kind of realized that he, they needed him to do the thing later and yeah. they were like oh it's just your legs that are paralyzed yep yeah yeah, no, you're you're hundred percent correct. And he's one thing I do appreciate though is he's covered in his own feces, which <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Like they yeah. they haven't wiped him, or that is just. But let's be honest, this is like the reality of what it is. Yeah, it's not Walking Dead where everyone's looking beautiful and like all done up. Everyone should look like shit, and the only guy who doesn't look like shit is the guy who's in charge of everything. Yep. Yep. I mean, here's the thing. You know, yes, we're, we're both, you know, having a good time shitting on this movie. But I think that it really actually does a lot of things very logically. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it does things right, you know, here and there, you know. And I think that's what makes the movie sort of stand out because you're like, okay, this is a little silly. But at the same time, they're playing it so sincere. You know, they're, they're trying to, to make it as sincere as possible. And, yeah, they're, they're messing up and maybe the, the budget doesn't facilitate certain things but at the same time i you get the sense that they're they're fucking trying you know they are trying and i appreciate that i just the continuity with the with boom with with boomer esiason was uh oh boy <laughs> no but you're you're 100 right about that because i was even questioning i was like wait is his because here's what i was thinking i was like so if his arms are paralyzed well first off he he sort of covered his you know he, he braced his fall when he fell yeah. so i was like okay but then at the same time, he's, he's only his hands are moving. So I was like, but like, if your arms are paralyzed, do your hands still move? I, yeah. I was completely thrown off. Someone hasn't watched 
fourth born on the fourth of july i i've seen that once that movie was no i'm not gonna fucking watch that movie i saw no. it once it was no, fucking gut-wrenching and i'm like i don't need to see this movie ever he, again he he didn't see coming home with john voight and, and jane fonda and bruce dern <laughs> <laughs> hey man i love my bruce dern crazy and a next door neighbor <laughs> then you need to watch coming home because he's fucking crazy as shit in that movie it's it's that movie's powerful dude that movie's powerful that was when john voight was like an activist and you're like oh yeah john voight's mm-hmm. an activist no he's he's something else <clears throat> does does uh bruce dern say you keep a horse in the basement no but he's got some moments where he just yeah, good old Bruce Dern. I know you said at one point you're like, should I get Silent Running the Blu-ray? And like, yeah, well, it's got Bruce Dern. I mean, yeah, he's, yeah, because because I think I think Arrow's putting it out, and I know that movie's like a real slow movie, but for some reason, as a kid, I watched it. I, I kept renting it and liking it for some reason. So <laughs> I was like, cool. hey Zach, I haven't seen this movie in 30 years. Do you think I should? But yeah, is that you were like, yeah, it's good, but I don't know if I'd buy it. I mean, look. Like I own Solaris, the original I Russian like film, and I lo- yeah. I really really love it. Uh, but I'll watch that movie once, period. Like you know, come on, be yeah. honest. Let's be honest. You're not pop. Hey guys, let's watch Solaris. It's three and a half hours long. We're gonna look at a river running for twenty five minutes. I love that shit. I do too. And, and, and I'll tell everybody, or you know, whoever knows me knows that my favorite Star Trek movie is Star Trek the Motion Picture because I love my sci-fi extremely slow and extremely like like plotting and, and methodical, you know? But and how like, often now are you gonna watch it? How often it, are you gonna watch it? Right, exactly. And that's the thing. Like like but at least with Star Trek, you know, uh, um the motion picture, I feel like it's a little bit more uh, serviceable, you know, easier to watch. But I'm with you. I've totally. seen Solaris once and I loved it, but how often are you going to watch it? A hundred percent agreed. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, there was a time when I'm like, I just want to look at a library of all my movies. And now I'm like, yeah, but I really want to, it's got to be something I'm going to watch more than once. Yeah. You know yeah. what I watch more than once with, with uh Bruce Dern digs town. Okay. Okay. There you go. The burbs, the burbs is still oh, my the burbs favorite. Is, Bruce, the burbs Bruce is the Dern. best. The burbs is yeah. the best. Dude, so I have the, the, the gif of when he steps in the hole and on the porch <laughs> and drops the brownies. Of the co- I, I, can, I watch it over and over again. I just die. I die laughing every single Dude, it's time. Dude, it checks all the boxes. It checks all the boxes. Joe Dante so, at his best. Joe Dante, man. Love it. Joe Dante. <laughs> back to the movie back to, yeah exactly <laughs> i back told to you Death dude I know. I know it's wherever the the tangents are gonna take us people are gonna be like i love their review of everything but defcon 4 <laughs> 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 but folks this is this is the movie in a nutshell like it's got it, there were there are many times where i'm like okay 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 yeah. okay okay Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Go, oh, 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 okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you ever hey, look but... at, uh, you ever look at, uh, you know, the fault line? It's like, oh, a little trouble. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Hey, everybody. Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us 
and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host oh, hey, Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Huh? Uh, this isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. Hello! La la la. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are the hosts of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are breaking down every single episode of Seinfeld as we watch it, reliving this amazing show. That's right. It's a trip down memory lane for all of us 90s kids out there. You can find Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, and Patreon. La la la. And now, back to the show. All right, let's get back into it. Back in Gideon's office, uh, now JJ is strapped to the couch. Uh, Gideon kind of unstraps her and tells her that he'll be taking her and some others, um, you know, uh, on a, on a what? On a boat, maybe? I can't read my handwriting, guys. Anyways, he's going to take him to the survival station tomorrow. Wow, my handwriting. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, JJ doesn't want to go because she says he's a snake. Uh, but Gideon says being ruthless, and, and this is where he says that. This is what I like. He's like, uh, you know, being ruthless is the only way to survive now, essentially. Yes. Like, how do you allocate, cool. um, you know, diminishing resources? Like, there's just not enough stuff to feed everybody there. What the hell are you supposed to do? But yes. uh, JJ tells Gideon to basically go fuck himself, and then the guards come in and take her back to the cell. Uh, Gideon says there will be a trial tomorrow morning, and then uh, 26 hours are left on the nuke. The next day, a large crowd is gathering outside by the, the gallows. We see the gallows and the nooses. Uh, and then, like, the crowd gets led into the mock courtroom where we see Vinny, JJ, Howe, and Jordan are tied up. Uh, the actor who plays Lacey gets to, gets his big, you know, monologue moment thing where he kind of basically moves his way through the, the group of people, our, our four main, you know, uh, protagonists, and... First off, he starts with Jordan by groping her. Yeah, and it's really uncomfortable because he's trying to grope at something. Yeah, that was a little much to grope. I know, and I was like, I was like, oh, and I'm, you know, not saying anything negative about the the actress lady, but he really was trying to find it. I guess I should say. Yeah, there, there's, there's, um, this, this is probably the second time this type, this, this scenario has made me uncomfortable. The first being street trash when uh uh this kind of street lady of the night gets accosted by uh homeless dudes in a in in the um what do you call it with the uh, in the junkyard in the junkyard and and it's i mean that scene's really disturbing oh and 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 then the the the, the maniacs like main squeeze in that movie re- like wearing just this just very unflattering uh, bra. Anyways, this movie was close second in the scene where I'm just like, oh, this is really uncomfortable. It, Savage it, Streets it, comes close to this, but uh, no, this is really uncomfortable. Joe Joe pissed off at Capo is, uh, you know, I would have rather seen him. 
I mean, the guy who plays Lacey doing a great job being yeah, a totally. total total scumbag, you know, and, and it's also kind of a little humorous at the times because he's like Vinny, you know, like he's just really getting into all of their faces and he has something to say to all of them. And you'd be like, if I was Hal, I'd be like, what do you have to say to me? Like, you don't know me, you know, but he's like giving everyone the business. He's giving everyone some shit. And I do like how Hal just like rolls his eyes right in his face. It's it's, it's pretty good. I, I think I, the, yeah, I like I think it. These guys do a they do a good job uh they're 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 milking the scenes as much as they can yeah yeah agreed agreed uh gideon comes in and you know he's the judge he kind of reads what they're all accused of it's all it's cool it's all bloated but and here's the thing here's what i actually fucking liked he puts it to a vote he doesn't have the final say so at the end of the day, this society that Gideon is creating is actually attempt, a, he's tried to do it as democratic as possible. Granted, you could say, sure, they're, they're all bloodthirsty. They want death anyways, because they all say yay to the hangings. But the idea that he that this is their thing, like they he actually puts it to a vote. I'm like, you know what? That's actually kind of cool. Yeah, you're you're giving him way too much credit, though, because he would probably just kill whoever says nay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You're, I mean, you're probably right, but you know, I'm just going off of what I see. You know? Yeah, no, I, I feel you. I feel you on that. <laughs> but, but ultimately, they are all sentenced to to be hanged. It, it's like in Transformers <laughs> when they're like guilty or innocent. Innocent. Verdict. Death. Cue Vince DiCola. Innocent. Uh, so of course it's immediate the, the the gallows. So we see a large crowd gathered uh, out the gallows again outside. Um, but right away, no one notices that Boomer is crawling through the mud. Hero, he, the, the hero of the movie, Boomer, is uh, crawling through the mud behind all of them. No, no one sees that. You know, while our four leads are being taken to their their hanging station. Yeah, the uh, guy, the guy who couldn't pick, who couldn't reach out to grab a steak, is now crawling through people like yeah. a, you know, like an earthworm looking for water in a muddy field. You know what? I think maybe he ate the steak and now he got his arms back, basically. Oh, there you go. It's radioactive mud. This is this is your uh, this is your world building at its finest. There you go. <laughs> okay, so it, he ate the steak, which was in the mud, which was radioactive, which had radioactive powers in it. Yes, which is now and it regenerated him, his arms. It regenerated his upper body, so he has like up, insane upper body strength. Mm-hmm. He still can't yep. move his legs yet. Yes, all of that. I'm yes, hundred percent with it. Cool. Cool. <laughs> Cool. We're sa- same page, buddy. Cool. Same. We just page. saved DefCon Four. You're welcome, DefCon Four. <laughs> yeah. DefCon Four, not DefCon Four, but DefCon. De- like, like, like Def Jam. Def hyphen com. Uh, so there's a you know the drum roll for the executioner, and then uh, Gideon stops the drum roll, and he says, "Take the tape off of JJ's mouth." He says, "You'll pardon her if she pulls the lever to kill the other three. Uh, he walks up to her, and JJ answers him back by doing the worst spit that I've ever seen anyone worst. do. And and here's the thing: I've known I think a couple people in my life that 
openly admitted like they can't spit and i'm like what do you mean you can't spit and they're like i don't know how to like i can't you know like do like a good loogie spit and i'm like can you show me how what do you mean and they do that they go and like it just barely comes out of their mouth when she spits at him it goes like a full like half an inch before it starts heading downwards like there is no velocity to it whatsoever and what's even worse about it is whatever spit she did give him he takes it and puts it on his face like he, yeah. he actually puts it, he puts the spit in a better location to make it look a little bit more like it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's, it's hilarious. It's it's could have gleeked on him. You remember gleeking? Uh, oh yeah, I can gleek. I can gleek, buddy. I can gleek real good. I used to, I used to uh, my nickname used to be reptile back in the back in high school because oh, I could nice. gleek. <laughs> nice. Nice. Uh, so uh, you know, yeah. So he's like, okay, that's her answer. Uh, Gideon gives the same deal to everyone else in the group, and of course, there's a little bit of you know, a couple of moments of tension until Hal, you know, eventually steps forward, and Gideon leads Hal over to the lever and says, you know, pull it or I'll shoot you. You know, so that's there you go. Um, but before he gets a chance to do that, Boomer gets to where he's going. Um, and then Boomer shoots Gideon in the leg yeah. before you know before he gets to pull the lever. So of course chaos ensues, and, and Boomer everyone. Sooner. Boomer, yeah. and then of course Boomer gets gunned down, and then Hal kind of runs off into you know he he he, he escapes. Uh, Lacey sends his men's his men after uh, after after Hal while attending to Gideon. Uh, Hal manages to get away into the woods of the uh, outside the compound, and uh, Lacey cuts down Doctor Jordan to basically help Gideon. And and but she says, uh, "You want his her help?" Um, you know she got to agree to no more hangings. You know he's like fine. No more hangings. Um, so, of course, you know, and he tells Lacey to put uh, Vinny and JJ back in their cells. Back in Gideon's office, Jordan is patching up uh, his leg. Uh, Gideon says that uh, he should take Jordan with him, but there isn't enough food. She says she'd rather take her chances with the others. Uh, but then, of course, Gideon's like, oh, I agreed to no more hangings, so I'll just shoot them. So, of course, she's like, okay, you know, you're an asshole. Um, then he's like, hey, can you give me a, a shot of, of painkiller? So a little coercion, a little subterfuge. She's like, oh, you know, you don't want morphine. He's like, yeah, I do. She's like, you know, and then he's like, Lacey, go do it. He's like, no, no, I'll do it. So she goes to get the... The, the the morphine, but she kind of does a little switcheroo and grabs the potassium um, instead of the morphine. And she, as she's going to go, you know, give him the needle, uh, um, Gideon takes the needle from her. Lacey holds her down. He sticks the needle in her because, he, of course, he suspects something. Yeah. And she's like, God damn it, kid. And it kills her pretty fucking quickly and unceremoniously. You know, and, uh, you know, Gideon asks, say, hey, can you go? What, what was this? And it was uh, she potassium. So, um, yeah, she dies. Potassium, pretty unceremonious. Does potassium kill you? I think so. I think that's I mean, the it, heart stopper thing. Yeah. OK. OK. Sure. Yeah. OK. Yeah. It's a it's a it's, it's a moment where I'm just like. I, I saw it coming a mile away, but it, it was still nevertheless. I was I was kind of surprised. I was like, oh, I thought you were going to live. Honestly, watching the movie twice in like two days, even the second time watching it, I was I was surprised because I'm like, you know, Jordan is like freaking one of the main characters, you know. Yeah, but they then again they killed Walker Texas Ranger off, you know, pretty quickly. So, and I gotta give the movie props for for killing off the the leads like this, and and both of them in very sort of just whoop they're gone, just boop they're gone. That's it's it. like it's like Steven Seagal in Executive Decision, right? 
right? Good call, buddy. You always bring that one up. You love that one. But I, it, I love it's, that movie. It's true. It's it's such a cool thing because first off, you don't expect Steven Seagal to do like a role like that. You know, yeah. like like such a small role Cameo. to have that happen to it. But at the same time. It only works because he's in it, because it's Steven Seagal, you know? And and here, Jordan's dead. Well, I should go back to Walker. Walker's a bit more shocking. Y- I thought Walker was going to be the lead. I yeah. thought even the first time I watched it, I thought Hal was going to die. Walker was the lead. And I remember having went with having Walker die because you think he's the, the the hero of the movie. As a kid, that's what freaked me out because I thought Walker was the hero. He looks like the hero, but he dies. Yeah. And then you're like, as a kid, you're like, oh, shit, the hero can die? You know who? You know why he died? Because he looked like Tim Thomerson, but he's not Tim Thomerson. I was gonna say when you asked, "Do you know why he died?" I was gonna say because he's not Tim Thomerson. Yes, that tr- that too. There you go. <laughs> Both ways. <laughs> oh God. Um, uh, we see Hal sneak kind of a little quick shot of Hal back at Vinny's place. He's kind of like sneaking past all the booby traps, and he breaks in and grabs the guns. Uh, back at the compound, we see JJ and Vinny in their cells. Cut to a sailboat being guarded by Vinny's, I'm sorry, not Vinny, Gideon's men. We have uh, Hal gets the drop on them with his gun, and we have this like scene where he's like, he's got he's got a you know M16 pointed at these two young kid guards, you know, but their guns they're like playing cards and their guns are to the side, yeah, and they're so they stand up, you know, they got their arms up, and he's like jump off the boat, you know, you know I'm not gonna kill you, but just jump off the boat. And then they realize he's not going to shoot, so they slowly are starting to go for their guns. He's like, don't yeah. do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he's like, don't, don't do it. And they're just like, uh. Like, like I'm sure <laughs> you've seen Bodie do the same thing. We're like, don't touch that. Don't touch that. And he's just like looking at you as his hand's going closer and closer, you know? And it's just like, he's like, no, 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 no. You know. And then, of course, he just, like, he shoots them. And, uh, you know, it's it's. I thought it was a little bit of an interesting scene, although it was very overacted by the guy who played Hal. It's overacted, and I think it goes on way too long. It's it does. A, I think every scene from pretty – I feel like once they got saved from the gallows, every scene from this point on uh, goes on way too long. I mean, and the crazy thing is, like, from this – well, and the irony of it is, yeah. from this point on, we only have, like, 17 minutes left in the movie, and yet it still feels like there are some scenes that are too long than they should be. It's it's crazy. The time – the space-time continuum that wraps around this movie is really insane. And, and I do also want to point out the fact that there was that timer on that missile – an hour ago yeah. when we were talking yeah. about it and, and it flashes up maybe every 15 minutes or so at the well, most. Well, we get one right now and it has 12 hours left. So we get another one now. There, there, the, the amount of time that it jumps is not too consistent. It's pretty inconsistent with that. I think this is the last time that you see it jump until it's got like six seconds. Yeah, until the yeah, the the, the final one. Yep. Uh, back in Gideon's office, he's getting ready. You can tell he's packing up. He's getting ready to leave. When Lacey brings JJ in to see him, this is what uh, you and I were talking about earlier because. JJ had like she kind of has her shirt open a little bit. I thought we were gonna get like a seduction scene here. I thought that was the point. I did too. I really did too, and I was also hoping for that to be the case. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm a little perplexed. 
Yeah, cl- clearly there is something cut. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Lacey was the one that sort of felt her up or something, you know, like perved out on her or whatever. But but yeah, anyway, regardless, she enters the room with her shirt unbuttoned halfway, which is not how she had it when she left her cell. Nope. And yeah, I thought it was going to be so she could seduce uh, Gideon. Maybe it is. Maybe Maybe that was as far as the director was going to intend to take it like her seduction was going to be just flashing some cleavage but i was like man you got to do a little more than that (laughs) uh jj sees jordan's dead body and now i think she now knows that you know she's got to make her move to seduce gideon to kind of like get out of here right like shit's shit's real now yeah um back in the cells the guards grab Vinny and take him to the firing range uh they kind of put him up against the wall and before they shoot him Vinny basically yells at him he's like come on you can give a guy his last words so he can die with dignity you know and so like the and thing is like they're all kind of young all all the guards the military guard guys so yep. you know they're, they're kind of like a little bit moved by what he's saying so you know they they allow you know him to start talking and of course i do find it humorous that you know, he says, you know, let a man die with dignity. And then he immediately falls to his knees and starts pleading for his life with no dignity at all. Yeah, it's pretty funny. And I think and I do think it was done for a little bit of humor, you know. Yeah, for sure. All of a sudden, Hal busts through the front gate and, and Vinny's killdozer. And he like has his like M16 through the front. He shoots the guards that are that are all kind of watching Vinny. And he kind of jumps down. He kind of points a gun at Vinny. But Vinny's like, no, I'm, I'm with you, you know. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. That's fine. And then he grabs all the guns. Uh, Hal uses the killdozer to kind of punch a hole in the wall. Did you notice that he, he punches the hole in the wall through in between two sleeping people on a bunk bed, but they are clearly mannequins. Yeah, that because, was hilarious. Yeah, that was. So those are all those are all, quote unquote, prisoners, people they're trying to, um, you know, they're trying to liberate. Those guys are dead. People. Those yeah. two people are dead that he just ran over. Right. Yeah. And, and I will say, too, at this point that uh, how has been on Earth. I don't know how many days now. Well, I mean, uh, was it six? Would it start 60 hours? So, yeah, everything's everything is within a 60 hour time frame. And 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 that's not his vehicle. I would have had Vinny drive the vehicle. It oh, you mean like, like, yeah, like after he his. rescues after he rescues Vinny, he uh, how should have been the one up in the the bucket. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Good. Good call. Good point. Yeah. You're you're 100 correct on that one. But whatever. He's clearly knows how to drive a bulldozer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yep. A killdozer, buddy. Call it, kill, call yes. it by what it is. Sorry. Front loading killdozer. <laughs> uh, they give uh, all the prisoners the guns and they basically start shooting, shooting the guards and essentially chaos ensues. You know, uh, Hal goes to release the other prisoners and sees the old lady. Uh, of course, he, you know, he asks where Jordan and JJ are. And he says that she says they went with Gideon. Hal helps her out of the jail, like the little jail on the ground. But of course, she gets shot in the back. Right. So, of course, she dies. Yeah. So fuck, um, fuck how, because he just killed that little poor old lady. All she wanted to do was lay there and die. She got her taste of freedom and she died. And she would be dying in 12 hours anyway. So, yes, true. True. Yeah. Uh, how, how does freedom taste? I don't know. I'm already dead. <laughs> I'm already dead before I even get the freedom, yes. before I even get to taste the freedom. Um, Vinny and Hal bust into Gideon's office, but they find Jordan dead on the floor. So here we go, guys. So Jordan's dead Best on the floor. Best scene of the movie. Hal, Hal runs over to her. So 
first off, she looks great. Great meaning, like, they do a good job of making her look dead. She's kind of sitting there weird and wonky. She looks pale, but and her eyes are open. Well, she's got she's got a little more color than she did earlier in yes. the movie. Yes, she looked better when JJ saw her. Better meaning more dead. Yes. Uh, more appropriate uh, when JJ saw her earlier. Yes. Um, and now she's not as, but still, you know, okay, they're doing a fine job. All right, but her eyes are open. Hal sits, lands, you know, sits next to her, says something, whatever. Real quick cut to Vinny looking, just real quick cut. But then cut back, like we're talking like three second cut, you know? Yeah. Cut back, and now Hal's hand is by his leg. So his hand is moved, and her eyes are now closed. What I truly think happened was to cut down on time. They just cut the little the little scene. The, they trim the scene down to where he covers her eyes. But the problem is, you, you just just as humans, we can tell that the cut they went back to Vinny with isn't long enough for how to do whatever he is needed to do. So the cutting. So now it just looks like she goes from having her eyes open three seconds, having her eyes closed. So. So I so real quick, my, to, just to button it up from on my yeah. end, I just want to say I think that's an editing fault, not like a directing story fault. I think the editor, I think that was just bad editing. Well, I think yeah, I I honestly think this where this movie suffers the most is with its editing because yeah. you, I agree with you. I feel like that makes a lot of sense that that they might have cut that little scene out. But yet they won't cut down the scene of all of them being on trial in the courtroom where right. he lists off every single thing that they did. And like he goes to every single character like it takes up this entire this long time. But then for that scene with the with the eyes, it's like a three second scene, you know? Yeah. yeah. So the editor who will remain nameless, <laughs> you know, I think that's the one area that I, I would say this film fault it has a fault and it's in its editing but you have two whole minutes to play with like meaning like make it you make it 90 minutes right you have two full minutes yeah. they could have given us 30 seconds of him just put and push because it's so jarring that i can't yes. imagine that they didn't see that dude yeah i agree i feel like it's kind of a big deal you know it'd be one thing if she was off to the side and it was not a yeah. big deal but it's it's like, you know, in that scene in Psycho when Janet Leigh's laying on the ground and the the camera's right on her face and you're like trying to see if she's ever gonna blink, you know, and, she, yeah. and she's like holding it together, you know, she's holding it so fucking. Or even in Savage Streets when the yeah. uh, when uh, what's his face is, uh, you know, uh, chained up with the dead. Yes, I Joe I Piscopo, love you know? the evil Joe Piscopo. Yes. I. I love uh, uh, watching the dead actors to see if, like, I can see their their stomach move with the breathing, or or yeah. if they blink or something. I do love watching that shit. Me too. And and yeah, it's like sometimes you're like, oh, are you gonna blink? Are you gonna blink? And then they don't. And you're like, damn, you're good. And that's why. And that's why you're good. That's why the good ones are good, right? Yeah, because you're really in it. Exactly. We'll never know, we'll never know if uh, if Jordan was good or not because we we because of the editing. 
Yeah. I, she's I do, probably I, like, I could have done that scene, goddammit. Or, or she's like, I did do that scene. Where did it go? Yeah, exactly. Yep, yep. Yeah, I do. I'm with you, buddy. I do think a lot of the faults are with the editing of this film. And I do think that maybe a, a better editor would have would have maybe made crafted a better movie. Because the editor also kind of also shapes the movie itself, too. I mean, uh, uh, famously, you know, I, 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 you know, the editor really crafted, you know, Star Wars and new hope especially the the final battle scene yeah. and everything it's the editing it's not just putting the pieces together that the director gives you it's all they also craft the story as well a good editor will and yeah. a bad editor will do something terrible like this so outside uh the guards are still shooting and fighting the the prisoners um Oh, wait, hold on a second. Uh, real quick. So, all right. So, they're still there. And, uh, you know, House says the body is cold. Let's get to the boat. So, he knows that she's been dead for, you know, it's not just right away. She's been yeah. dead for a bit. Uh, outside, the guards are still fighting and shooting, you know, fighting the prisoners. Um, again, this this was an interesting little inclusion that they even included this. But uh, we get a real, like, a little quick scene of, like, three or four prisoners getting lined up against the wall because I guess the fighting is kind of subsiding. They, we see them... Uh, getting gunned down like firing squad gunned down and it was it was tough like it was yep. especially since the the you know the the bad guys the the kid soldiers were kind of like cackling you know while they did it but i was like damn but i guess at the end of the day it's all to sort of like facilitate the fact that they're all going to blow up anyway so there's no kind of good people left to die in in this compound you know no, what i mean they all need to die now yeah, yeah. So the only people that are left are the people that are, you know. But honestly, I would it would have been cooler if innocent people and the other people all died in the explosion because the explosion has no morality to it, you know. True. But but the movie does, so they have to kind of show that kind of shit. Um, Hal and Vinny take the killdozer to the dock, but the sailboat is gone. And then uh, Hal asks uh, Vinny if he can swim um, on the boat. We see Lacey, uh, so basically on the boat, um, Gideon asks Lacey to collect the two, uh, collect the guns from the two random, you know, guards that are, that are there. Uh, he also asks for Lacey's gun as well. And then, uh, Gideon takes, uh, Lacey's gun and tells his two men that, you know, they've been, you know, very, uh, loyal and he will always remember them and he shoots them and they fall in the water. And, uh, he tells, he put, put kind of points the gun at Lacey and says, you know, you're a good man, Lacey, gives the gun back to Lacey and tells Lacey to go store all the guns under whatever it's called under not water but below deck because they don't need them anymore yeah um we see uh Hal swims up to the boat and yells at JJ because he sees JJ uh topside she's kind of the only one who's topside and he's like yelling at her she throws him a rope so he can climb on board Gideon kind of comes back up uh the you know up topside he's kind of kissing kissing not Lacey I was gonna say I was going to say Lacey. I was kissing JJ. Uh, but then he kind of hears how kind of splashily, uh, you know, get on board. Um, he calls for Lacey. Lacey comes up, but he realized he didn't have his gun on him. He's like, oh, shit. And then all of a sudden, just JJ pushes Lacey into the water. He's like, okay. I love that. Um, I, I do yeah. want to say that I'm, I'm impressed that uh, how can swim uh, pretty damn fast for what appears to be a fast as fuck boat. Uh, cruising. With, with Muscle atrophy from being up in space for 400 days. Yeah, and, you know, we'll find out in a minute what's up with Vinny. But, uh, you know, <clears throat> Vinny's allegedly swimming as well. 
Yeah, <laughs> Vinny's not doing anything. Yeah, I know. Vinny ain't nowhere to be seen. Um, Gideon grabs JJ and puts a knife to her neck. Hal's like, go ahead and kill her. I'll kill you. But, you know, uh, Gideon says, I know you're bluffing, just like I knew you were bluffing on the gallows when you stepped forward. And I was like, okay, you had to throw that that dialogue in because there was really no resolution. You don't really know if Hal was going to pull the, the lever or not. You yeah, know? that's cool. I like that, actually. Yeah, me too. Me too. Uh, and I, I actually, I like this too. He's like, uh, he starts counting like one, like right when he starts counting like three, two, one. He's, he's already like s- starting to slice JJ's like like neck, you know. And yep. I do like how Hal's just like shit. And he just throws the gun or whatever he has, like a stick or a harpoon, throws it down and just jumps in the water. You know, I was like, okay. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny. <laughs> and then of course, yeah, and then of course, like. Gideon, you know, takes his gun, starts shooting, you know, at the water, at Hal in the water, but he's like standing right by the the boat mast. So JJ just bonk knocks him in again. Two, she's two for two. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. did good, did good. Yeah, she does good. But I love how Gideon, because you know, he's still got the the bullet hole in his leg, so he's just like floating on the bat on his back, and he's like JJ, please. And it, it's, it was almost like Zuzu, my guitar, it's all messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! Um, now, so now that'll make me want to go watch Ford Fairlane over this. I know, right? So he just kind of like floats, he floats away. He just floats away. Um, but we do cut back to the compound, and now we see like a you know dripping wet Lacey is carrying Gideon back into the compound, and we see the carnage. All that's left are the goons, you know, the the military guys, the goons. And on the ground is just all the dead civilians slash prisoners. So, you know, at this point, no one left in that compound but bad guys. And uh, they're right over there. I like that. And I I Mm -hmm. like that this was resolved versus them just going into the water. That was cool that they brought this back. Agreed. A hundred percent agreed. And then right away, (laughs) Gideon looks up and was like, wait a minute. Why is there one nuke still in there? That's, you know, yeah. and and then you cut to the countdown, and it's like one second to to third, you know, and it just and then all of a sudden you see a giant nuclear explosion, and uh, Vinny and Hal and JJ are watching the nuclear explosion. You would think they'd go blind, like they said yeah. earlier. Uh, two, how they sh- they should still be pretty close to that nuclear explosion, I would imagine, right? Well, and al- also the fact. Uh, yeah, folks. Vinny's also on the boat. He, yeah. he, he, so he didn't do anything in the, the climax, right? There. We don't know if they went back to get him. We don't know if he was in the water. We don't know where he was. You know, I, all we I, know is that how said, you know, can you swim or whatever? Yeah, that was it. That was the last time we saw him. I was fully expecting him to be like, to come up on Gideon. Like, I feel like it should have been Vinny that was on the other side of the 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 mast, you know, like because because you know you see how, but you, then you don't know that Vinny's also on the other side of the boat swimming as well. And then I feel like it should have been Vinny that knocked uh, Gideon into the water. Yeah, you would think that, but you didn't you didn't write it. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but but what the writer did write, and this is a little bit odd. This is hilarious. There's a little bit of a title card at the <laughs> this end. Is so, says, I love that. This is one of the best title cards ever in in like in schlock history. It's so schlocky. Yeah. It says the final victory has been won. Mankind can now rest in peace. That's good to know. I'm glad. Right? <laughs> Go fuck yourself. <laughs> Go, Go fuck yourself. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, that is DEFCON 4, oh. our fastest 
quickest breakdown review we've ever done because honestly, there is not a lot of meat on the bones. It is a pretty straightforward movie. There is, you know, there's not a lot of like, <laughs> there's no sub stories to track. There is just the main story, right? Like that's yeah. it. It's, it's everything is there. You, you see it. There's really nothing else left. I, and in breaking down this movie, I, I do everything by hand. I write it out and everything. It is the like quickest, you know, the least amount of pages I've ever had to use, you know? So I'm thankful for that. <laughs> yeah. I will say, Folks, like the, yet this is this is another example of a movie that probably our breakdown, Corey's breakdown, is more entertaining than the movie itself uh, overall. Like it, it, it's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's, it's just flawed, got a lot of bad movies. Bad. It's got yeah. it's got some fun moments for sure. Uh, it's got moments that that I I enjoyed, uh, and and I'm glad I watched it. Most definitely glad I watched it, but there were definitely moments where I'm like, "Oh man, this is this is, hoofa doofa, this is hard yeah. to watch." Uh, and 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 I think obviously we pointed those moments out in the breakdown. Um, yeah, I think it. I think it. It should. It could have been. Should have been. Could have been better than it was. Uh, overall, its faults don't take it away from a don't watch or it's right. false. Don't, don't put it into the don't watch category. It's, yeah. But it's, it's definitely a, a fun, like uh mystery science theater, 3000 kind of watching viewing, you know, where yeah. you just goof on it the entire time, especially yeah. with, with the continuity errors. Um, and I'm a, I'm a big continuity guy. Yeah. So when I see things that stand out to me, like the, like the mannequin that gets run over by the, you know, killdozer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's classic. It's great. Or the eyeball, you know, uh, uh, Jordan's eyes being opened and closed. Yeah. Shit like that. that. Was, I love that all was that stuff. the craziest. It's I love all that stuff. Um, so overall, yeah, you know, they're not not given ratings to any of these things, but uh, you know, I I I I'm impressed that Scorpion put such a, a, a obscure release out, and it's and I'm glad I finally saw it. Because after yeah. all these years, I can now say that the box art does not match the movie itself. Yeah. And, I mean, truthfully, like, let's all agree that if it did not have this box art, if it had anything less than what it had, it would have disappeared completely. Like, it, there's there's not enough here to kind of warrant it to, to be, like, this uh, huge cult movie. But it's that it's that poster that poster just it, everyone knows it. You show somebody this, even like you know, even like my sister. Like I was, I just because I was telling her what we were going to review tonight. She's like, "Well, that's a cool fucking poster." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, infinitely cooler than than the movie." But but that being said, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I probably enjoyed it a smidge more than you, but I also had nostalgia attached to it. You you didn't have any nostalgia attached to it. Um, but I I mean. I had to watch it twice in two days and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to say like, I'll never see it again, but I would watch it again within the year now. You know, I probably won't to be truthful with you guys. I probably truly will not see this movie for another 10 or 15 years, you know, unless someone comes to visit (laughs) or whatever. But I'm glad that, 
I'm glad that for me personally, and everything's subjective here, but for yeah. me, it kind of does hold up. Uh, it has just some some Corey-centric things that, you know, really appeal to me. That first act, I, I think the first 30 minutes is absolutely fantastic. I The the, the space capsule, the spaceship thing or whatever. Honestly, I, I wish you just seen the whole movie just that and then have them land in like the last five minutes just getting killed by terminals or something. Like how, how crazy of a movie would that be is if you know, the whole movie they're up there and then they land and just get killed like that feels like something that would probably happen nowadays you know like a little twist M. Night Shyamalan ending or something you know but I liked it I think it's fun there's not a lot of meat on the bones but I feel like I feel like the little bit of meat that is there aside from some wonkiness here and there it is seasoned like they're trying to do they're, they're trying to do the best they can with what little meat that is there and I applaud them for that I applaud the actors for doing their best. I mean, Shaken is the one that stands out from everybody. The guy who plays Vinny, he's fantastic. But by the end of it, I really liked Hal. I liked the guy who played Hal. I liked the guy who played Lacey, you know, honestly. Like, he was just, yeah. he was having fun, you know. It was just a, a, he was a fun villain, you know. I liked the guy who played uh, Gideon. I thought that uh, the the lady who played Jordan did a fine job. I thought everyone did a fine job for a shitty movie. Like, you know, like it just better than they should have done. But, uh, but yeah, with like, I couldn't recommend it to everybody. I wouldn't be like, go out and buy this or whatever. But you know what? I say check it out. If it's, if it is, uh, you know, if it is a, a void in your, in your catalog, uh, or, or just your viewing, you know, and you've never seen it before, at some point, check it out. Maybe check it out on, on Amazon Prime or something, right? Like, I, I don't know if I could recommend just all of a sudden buying a $20 Blu-ray, you know, uh, for something sight unseen. Um, but I do feel like it's warranted to be seen. I think the people should see it. But, yeah, I think it, it's a good time and, and for at least one go. But don't don't buy it unless you know that you liked this movie when you were younger. Then, then yes, by all means, I do think that the Blu-ray uh, holds up. Uh, you know, it's worth a purchase if, if you remember this movie fondly. And if you do remember this movie fondly, if it's something you liked when, you know, 30 years ago, I do think it will still hold up. Um, but if you're a new viewer like Zach, I, I don't know if, you know, you, you would have bought this. I would have recommended you buying this. Yeah. I think that's a pretty fair assessment. Yeah. What did, <laughs> I mean, uh, what did Diallo think of it? Oh, he didn't like it at all. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, you know, I feel like I, 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 as well as you do, have, you know, uh, a good scope on these, these things. And it's, 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 it's a film that it's good that it wasn't forgotten. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's, 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 it's worth watching once and yeah. then, you know, p- putting that baby to bed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, you know, yeah. look, support small businesses. Yeah. Um, but you know, they've got other great titles in their in their selection as well. So <laughs> Yeah. I mean I, I will say this. I will say this. If if you can find it for like ten bucks, I it is worth it for that cover art. Uh not not no offense, not the new cover art, which is pretty. I do like the new artwork they did, but it's worth it for that old school slipcase, uh, and I guarantee if you if you display it, people will like ask you about it. People will look at it and be like, "Oh, what is that?" And then you yeah. can be like, "Oh no, it's trash." <laughs> I, you know, and I will say like, whoever did the artwork, it's cool. It's it's very kind of ho hum. I've seen it a million times on Etsy, and you know, it's it's like it's it's all good. It's 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 cool. It's it's passable, but that original art is is dope. Yeah. And, uh, oh, you mean the the new Scorpion art? You mean is the yeah, the whole? Yeah, I just feel yeah, like it's yeah. kind of like 
Meh, it's neither here nor there. I'm not yeah. I'm not shitting on it at all. But I'm just saying it's like it's nothing to go. Gog. It's not Mon. It's kind of like when Mondo puts out their. It's like when you go on Mondo and you see what posters have not been scooped up immediately. Yes, and then you yes. realize why. Yes, and you're like, oh, okay, well, because I've seen this other places too. Um, yeah, it's it it's it's just it's, it's definitely four thing. guys. It's, it's Defcon Four. Defcon Four. It, it exists. It came out in 1985, and uh, if you like your your post-apocalyptic, a little bit sci-fi, then uh, you might dig it. But uh, yeah, that's it. Defcon Four. Our sh- so far since probably since our first five episodes, this is probably our shortest episode yet. Today. Yeah, and, and I can tell you, uh, you know what might be a fun ride is watch the first 30 minutes of this, turn it off, and then turn on any episode of Walking Dead in the first couple of seasons. And then you've got DEFCON 4. So there you go. You're not wrong. And, and then, I'm just going to I'm gonna leave it like that. You know, that's perfect, buddy. That is oh, absolutely no, perfect. I, I got this for you. I got this for you. You watch 30 minutes of that. Then you watch a, with, you know, commercials cut out. It's like 44 minutes of Walking Dead, any episode from the first two seasons. And then you watch the last 10 minutes of the Dawn of the Dead remake <laughs> and where they get on the boat and go to the island. And then, then you've got DEFCON 4. That's Defcon. That's my Defcon Four, and that is I will put a nail in my that the final IKEA shitty screw into that weird Schlossian shelf unit that I bought, and uh, we're good. We're good to go. You know what? I'll, I'll I will take that Schlossian shelf shelf unit from you, buddy, and I will say I, I like it, man. I I'm cool with that as long as you uh, you got to end this with uh, the part where where Walker gets his hand ripped off, right? Like so that could be zombies eating them, you know. Yep, and that's you where cut you it. it. Yeah, you you yeah you you cut it. You don't ever see how leave the the capsule, and it's basically just a prequel to The Walking Dead. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. Bada bing, bada boom. It's a better bada movie bing. now, guys. Watch yep. the first 30 minutes of DEF CON. It's the best part of the movie. You're welcome. <laughs> Check, please. <laughs> All right, dude. Well, I mean, this is fun as always. Uh, we can't really pad this any longer, I guess. <laughs> you know, so, uh, Zach, where else can we find you out there in the uh, podcasting universe? Besides on Podcasting After Dark, always, uh, it, uh, you can find me on $2 Late Fee. $2LateFee.com. We're on Instagram and all that good stuff. Um, we our deep dive into retro 80s movies and soundtracks and we interview celebrities from that era uh our latest interview is with ari gross if you don't know who he is house two baby house two uh he's soul man um just one of the guys he exterminator two I saw him in uh, uh, Friends the other night. My my wife's a big Friends fan, and um, there was an episode where he goes out on a date with uh, uh, Ra- uh, Rachel. I mean Rachel. Yeah, he's been in he's been in everything. I mean, he was on the Ellen Show, the Ellen sitcom before Ellen mm. had her own talk show. Uh, he was Ellen's sister on that or brother on that show. Uh, okay. So he he's he's been in everything. He he's working today. Like he he's a he's a. He's a very prominent actor. He's the guy you look at and go, oh, I know that guy. Yeah. What's his name? And he's, so the interview. He's been around since the 80s. Yeah, been around since the 80s. Uh, he tells great stories. We've, we've kind of focused on four four or five of his big movies from the 80s um, specifically because because he told so many great stories. And oftentimes when you interview somebody, you're not sure what you're going to get. He told some behind-the-scenes stuff that's just really cool. One particular story was – why a movie didn't get as uh, wide of a release as it should have. It's kind of one of those, 
oh yeah, that's why Hollywood sucks kind of thing. Like executives, studios, Universal specifically, hint, hint, mm-hmm. nudge, nudge. Um, yeah, so yeah, that's $2 late fee. And you can find me at ZachSchaferVO.com. That's my website. And I'm in Instagram. I'm around. I'm around. Y'all know who I am. For all Y'all you know who I be. What I, what I do, friend. who I is. I'm your friend. I'm the guy who won't shit on you unless you like that sort of thing. <laughs> and, you know, it's all good. But, Corey, wh- wh- why am I sounding like uh, what's-his-face in, uh, oh, God, what's that movie with uh, Seth Rogen? Where he's the security guard. It's like the it's oh, taxi driver meets Paul. Blart. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I love that. I actually I um, love that movie. Uh, Observe and report. Yes, that um, movie is, uh, in my opinion, one of the best Seth Rogen movies. One well, of it's, the. It's by the guys who did. Um, I think it's by the the Pineapple guys who Express do like print, guys. Print, oh, and in principles too, right? Like uh, yep. the Jody Jody Hill guys, right? Yeah, Jody Hill it's team. It's one of their best movies, in my opinion. Michael Michael. Michael Pena, I think is that. Is yeah, that Michael Michael Pena is the one that talks. Hey man, yeah, he's the one that talks like that, and they go crazy together. Seriously, yeah, let's, let's he's great. Drugs. Yeah, it's yeah. So, dude. It, yeah, y'all, if you haven't seen that movie, that movie should be at the top of your list. That movie it's will a, fucking blow your socks off. And the great use great of uh, the he- the song "Hero" by Queen uh, yeah. in that in that movie. It's so good, dude. Oh, I love that movie so much. Anyways, where can we find you, uh, Corey Sleazy C? <laughs> Come on, Sleazy. <laughs> Let's get high. Yeah, Let's man. get high. Let's do some drugs. You know. I'm definitely getting high after this uh, sure recording. I um, don't, but you do. <laughs> you don't. I do. Um, and I only smoke marijuana. That's it, guys. So, yes. um, all right. Yes. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me every week talking about Seinfeld on Caught Right, a Seinfeld right, podcast right. with our pal Adam. Uh, you can hear me. Uh, I just, you know what? Actually, you can hear me over on uh, Ready to Retro. I did uh, a couple weeks ago, um, at this point, probably about a month ago. Um, I talked about Day of the Dead. So uh, uh, George Romero's Day of the Dead, 1985 film. And uh, so go swing on by there. I had a great time chatting with uh, Chelsea and uh, Max and Chris about Day of the Dead. It was a lot of fun. Um, but, uh, you know, if uh, if you like what we do here, if you like what Zach and I do, if, you like, if, you, if you're picking up what we're putting down, come on, come on baby, then uh, you might want to consider swinging on by our Patreon page because, well, honestly, we only put out like a, a, a third of what we produce content-wise on the free feeds. Everything else is over on Patreon. We have a monthly show titled Wrap Up After Dark. Yep. We have our bread and butter called uh, Interviews After Dark with uh, with a bunch of different people. Uh, we have great conversations with, with different people. Right now on the free feeds, you can listen to our interview with Tony Timpone and our interview with Caleb Emery from Summer of 84. Those are our two free ones that we have right now. Everything else is over on Patreon. But we do have interviews with people like Tom Matthews, freaking Tom Matthews, which you guys all know is uh, Tommy Jarvis from Jason Friday Thirteenth Part Six. I almost said I almost said Jason the Thirteenth Part Six. Um, and he was also in Return of the Living Dead. Uh, Vasquez from Aliens, Jeanette Goldstein, uh, Jonathan Stark from freaking uh, Billy Cole from uh, from Fright Night, the director of Fright Night, uh, Evil Edge, Stephen Jeffries, Fright Night. Uh, my God, we're just burning our way through the the Fright Night cast pretty much um but, i know uh, <laughs> i reached out to uh, chris sarandon and folks um his manager was like well he's got a book coming out a memoir yeah. so when okay. his memoir comes out that's when we'll have him on so oh. look for that interview in a few months 
Holy fucking shit! <laughs> so that, that's a that's a tease, but uh, but it's a locked wow. in tease. It's more just like it's gonna happen. It's just gotta wait a little while. So and so so really, we'll just need uh, Brewster and uh, Amanda Beers left, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, sure. and 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 uh, to to piggyback on Stephen Jeffries. He and I, uh, I got, I'll, I could reach, I should just reach out to him and ask, but he teased a little something on, uh, on his, on his Facebook page about, he's got a big announcement coming soon that'll make okay. everybody really happy. And I think it's horror related. So, okay. um, you know, and, and, and he's had a really just to, to, to promote that episode a little bit, that interview I did with him, he's had a really rough life and he's really changed he's been able to like kind of break through and and overcome some really horrible things in his life so uh he's a success story in my opinion and that interview is he doesn't do interviews really anymore because he's really nervous about that sort of thing uh maybe he's afraid of what might get brought up but uh which you know it's neither here nor there and uh and jonathan stark even said he's like oh he's such a great guy you know so um uh, yeah, John, yeah, Jonathan Stark had nothing but great things to say about Stephen Jeffries. Yep, and Jonathan Stark also has, uh, you know, he he's a he's a he's a prolific writer and producer and whatnot. So I mean, he he freaking created, um, according to Jim. Yep, and he, or, or co co created, I should say. But I mean, that, like, holy shit, worked on that and uh, the Ellen Show also, and yeah, uh, you know, all sorts of all sorts of shit. Uh, it's it's that's a great interview honestly that's a fantastic yeah. interview uh richard band we dropped that one last month yeah, that that's a fucking one. fantastic interview as well so we have a lot over there we also put out um reveal videos like where we talk about the next movie that we're gonna you know review uh zach i gotta open your next one and and do a video for it by the way did um, i label that by the way did i yeah you did yep okay. you did i have two uh, it's number two and then number three so i think yeah. i know what that is and oh i can't wait <laughs> you see you've sent you sent it to me like like three months ago so <laughs> well our our good homie um our good homie at uh you know uh dead alive store which, by the way, if you don't know who he is, check him out on Instagram. He he makes some really cool shit. Yeah, uh, and, and he he just had some really nice things to say and gave us a sweet shout out. So I was like, well, you, my friend, are getting a sticker from us. And I said, <laughs> he's all the way in the UK, uh, like our like our good buddy, like our good buddy David. Um, and and he was like, well, what's your next movie gonna be? And I'm like, I can't tell you that. Yeah. I said, but I, what I can tell you is. I have no idea what it is because there, I sent these movies to Corey like months ago. And yeah, I don't I even remember. <laughs> yeah, and, and they're sitting on my shelf, like the movie, the, the two watch movies. And I, mean, I totally forgot. I'm like, it's either going to be something that's going to be exploitation esque or it's going to be something not. Is <laughs> it <laughs> enough for you? <laughs> which is basically what you pick, anyways. Yeah. Either exploitation, usually high school exploitation, or not. Um, there's going to be more ex- high school exploitation in in our future, but uh, I have no idea I, I mean, when. 
I mean, there's going to be more shitty sci-fi movies in our future coming from me. Because the thing is, like, what I, what I love about this, and I'm sure other people are seeing it as well, they're now kind of getting an idea of what what Zack movies are and what Corey movies are. You know, we both we both definitely have our things. You know, we have we have a little every now and then we have slight themes where we have like new movies we'll talk about Color Out of Color Out of Space and uh, and Summer of '84 where we wanted to do some spotlight some new ones. And we, you knew it, you and I both talked about doing a PG related horror film at one point, so mm. uh, that might pop up on our respective lists. But yeah, like uh, you know, the again these are for me. I still go with movies that are that I was not allowed to watch as a kid or was like, ooh, if my dad found out yeah. I watched this, he'd tan my hide. You remember that expression? <laughs> I'm going to tan your hide. Such a terrible <laughs> expression. Corporal punishment used to be such a, a, an okay uh, thing back in the day. A normal thing. Yeah, I know. I used to get hit by the wooden spoon. That was what my mom used. My mom used a yeah, my mom, I think she did that too, and then she broke the spoon on my brother, and then she stopped. My dad used to use a belt, I think. Oof, the belts uh, are the worst. I got a, yeah. I got a, a one of those wooden meat mallets chucked at me. Uh, rightfully so. I know what I did. It was. Man, bad. There's no rightfully so, dude. It's these are the dude, things that we look I was, back on. I was, like, I'm gonna change this. I was throwing credit cards into my wall and having them stick. So like in a in a rented. Oh no, they owned that house. That was their townhouse. So I was throwing. Yeah, yeah. She was mad at me. But Yo, but that, it doesn't it doesn't excuse it, dude. No, and she didn't connect. By the way, she missed. She missed. That's good. I mean, <laughs> I, love yeah. I love you, mom. <laughs> you rock. Thanks. She had a she was single mom raising a, a hellacious son. Yeah. Look, we all. And, and, and different times, different times, mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. uh, just like DEFCON 4, different times. Just like, perfect, buddy. Just like DEFCON 4. So, well, this was great, man. As always, dude, uh, I, I loved it. Uh, I had a blast Ditto. doing this with you. So, what, what? regardless of whether I like the movies or not, or should I say regardless, because at this point, there's nothing I, I like, hated or anything. Cyborg, except for Cyborg. Um, but it, it, even then... I had a blast talking about it with you. So, like, right. even this, even though it's a short fucking episode, two and a half hours, I'm still talking just to try to pad the time. But uh, I had a blast talking about it with you, man. So, as always, thank you, Zach. Uh, I love doing the show with you, man. Ditto, 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 and JCVD for life. <laughs> Hard target for life. Yes. <laughs> and as always, we'll catch you on the dark side. Join the Podcasting After Dark Patreon community to unlock exclusive monthly content like cast interviews and a fan feedback show. Plus, you get every regular episode of Podcasting After Dark completely ad-free. You can also support the show by rating and reviewing us five stars on Apple Podcasts and by recommending us to your friends. Finally, make sure you follow us on Reddit Instagram, and Facebook for news and updates about future episodes. Just search for Podcasting After Dark. October 31st, 1981. It's the night of the party at Jerry's Arcade. It's the night all the kids have been waiting for. It's the night they have been waiting for. 
There's a new game at the arcade. It's killer. Polybius. From David Irons, the writer of Night Waves, the real terror begins. Polybius. Available now from Severed Press.